If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And welcome back here to UW-Stout Donadona Williams Stadium. Stout versus Platteville is coming up shortly. The seniors are being honored down on the field right now. And uh, some nice announcements there on the video board down to the south end zone to our right. Uh, here from the Brad broadcast position. Again, we thank you for tuning in here on News Talk WMEQ, AM 880 in Menominee, and uh, again, 106.3 FM Eau Claire, WMEQ.com, and iHeartRadio. I'm Pete Knudsen. Jake Boostrom is off today. Dan Price is our producer back in studio, making it happen back in the studio. And uh, we'll see how South's able to come out today. Again, a, a rough one against Whitewater last week, a 40-10 to 10 loss that ends up dropping them back to 500-4-4. to four and four. But you get a win in one of these last two games of the season, you ensure a 500 season uh, for the second straight season. Five and four is what Stout was last year, only having two non-conference games. And just trying to build and keep things moving toward the future, and, and that's kind of what today is about. It's sort of a passing of the torch from these seniors uh, to the future, and there's a lot of really good things and positive things uh, for this Stout team to take into next season. We know a really great offensive freshman class with Sean Bogarting, who's played so well this season for Stout. In fact, in seven of the games that he has uh, been featured in at the quarterback position, he has thrown at least one touchdown in six of those. He has 12 touchdowns to six interceptions. He also has a rushing touchdown to his name. 54% completion percentage, 1,538 yards on the season. He will be one of the starters here on the Bob and Steve's BPM at Go Shops pregame show as we take a look at the starters for each side. You'll see a few seniors uh, out there for Stout as well. Uh, he will start at the quarterback position. Keyshawn Carpenter, the senior, will be the official starter at tailback. He's the senior from Evergreen Park, Illinois, 5'9", 185. Again, he just got his first 100-yard rushing game a couple weeks ago against Stevens Point. Rayshon Graham will back him up today. And again, he's still coming off an ankle injury from a few weeks ago, but is much closer to 100% here going into the Platteville game. The starting receivers are Tyler Seymour. He's the freshman from Duluth, 6'2", 210. The other receiver, Levy Hamer, 5'10", 180, freshman from Chicago, Illinois, and as we said, the accolades for him keep coming. 792 yards receiving this season. That leads the WIAC in receiving yards. Parker Fossum is the other receiver. He is a freshman from Chatfield, Minnesota, 6'3", 195. The tight end is a senior as well, 6'3", 240-pound Marengo, Illinois native Dustin Rondorf. From the right tackle spot to the left tackle spot across the offensive line, first out, we start with the senior from Rochester, Mayo, 6'4", 305, Caleb Adams, who was a preseason, uh, or pardon me, was a, a last year an all WIAC player and an all region player as well. Uh, right guard is Alex Nagoski. He is the Myers. six foot 275 sophomore from Evergreen Park, Illinois. Bailey Rue is his Rice Lake sophomore, six foot one, 260 center. The left guard is Justin Herp, six foot two, 275 junior for Parkville's Wisconsin. And Thomas Robel is the left tackle, seven, uh, or number 77, six foot six, uh, 310 junior from Carver, Minnesota. Minnesota. 
for Stout on the defensive side of the ball. The 3-4 formation, Dylan Peterson, the junior from Stratford, Wisconsin, starts at one of the ends. Six foot four, two fifty-five junior. Daniel Afolabi is the freshman from Champlin, Minnesota, who starts at the nose guard position. 5'10", 235 freshman at that spot. And the junior standout from Monticello, Minnesota, six foot two fifty. Aaron Wisecup had a heck of a game last week. And Jason Dilly will get the start at senior today. Back into the starting lineup after uh, a few weeks sort of in the depth chart and nursing an injury or coming back from an early season injury. 5'11", 205 senior from Andover, Minnesota is Dilly. Luke Wills is a junior. He's one of the inside linebackers from Manoa, Wisconsin. 6'210", junior. Brandon Vecchio is the other junior inside linebacker from Tomahawk, Wisconsin. And the other outside linebacker is the 5'11", 190 sophomore from Somerset, Logan Peterson. In the secondary, Levi Wolf, the senior from Elmwood, starts at strong safety. The sophomore from Wakanda, Illinois, Colin Tyrrell, starts at the free safety position. Chase Spinelli and Kier Rhodes are the two quarterbacks. Spinelli being honored as a senior today from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Rhodes, a junior from St. Paul. Let's take a look at the Pioneers starting lineup. And again, like we said, they have kind of gone through the ringer in terms of uh, kind of moving guys around and trying to figure out exactly what combination they need at uh, quarterback and receiver as well, even though this is one of the best receiving uh, statistical teams in the entire league. In fact, they average... 265 passing yards per game. That is first in the league, and they're second in the league in total offense with 425 yards uh, per ball game. And it'll be Brett Geis, the junior from Eureka, Missouri, 5'11", 193, who will start at quarterback. Colin Schutz did have the job earlier this season. He's a six foot two, 215 sophomore from Aviston, Illinois, so we'll see how he factors in. Bo Babick and Sean Studer are the two running backs. They are very, very solid running backs for this Pioneers team. They've given stout fits over the last couple of seasons as well. The wide receivers, and uh, the big kind of storyline there is that uh, they'll be without their leading receiver in uh, Mark Johnson, a preseason All-American. Missed last week's game. He is not listed on the depth chart today. We do not believe that we will see him today. So Connor Federley, the senior from Sugar Grove, Illinois, will be one of the receivers along with Donald Allender, a sophomore from Youngstown, New York. Daryl Kirby is a junior from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's another receiver along with Tim Jansen, the senior from Pingree. Grove, Illinois. Pretty small in the receiver core outside of Donald Allender, who's six foot seven, two twenty-four. There is not a receiver over six feet on the first line of the depth chart. Up on the line, Roy Glassley the third is the right tackle. The right guard is Hank Westermeyer. The center is Nick Broadhurst. The left guard, Thomas Dougherty, and the left tackle is Robert Otto for Platteville. On the defensive side of the ball, they do have uh, a, a defense that has been very solid this season not as good as they'd like it to be their pass defense is a little suspect uh, giving up 226 yards per game that's fifth out of the eight teams in the WIAC they're allowing 28 points per game that's seventh out of eight teams in the WIAC their total defense 361 yards uh, 361 yards rather per game the defense for Platteville, David Lonstrom is one of the defensive ends. Donald or Donovan Nathaniel is the other uh, defensive tackle, along with the nose guard, Alex Resney. They'll play that 3-4 setup. Travis uh, Hofslein is one of the linebackers with Eric Seidenberg, Clay Becker, and Ben Magalewski. The safeties are Tyler Reiner and Josh Mackey. The cornerbacks are Josh Weisman and Anthony Metallo. And that is a look at the starting lineups for both sides, Platteville and Stout getting ready for football here this afternoon. We're glad that you join us here on News Talk WMEQ AM 880 in Menominee and 
Translator W292EG 106.3 FM Eau Claire and iHeartRadio station. Make sure you tune into our podcast channel. All you got to do is download the iHeartRadio app. It's a free app for your phone or smart device. And you search UW Stout Blue Devils. And when you do that, you can come and listen to uh, previous games. You can listen to our coaches show. Our first uh, basketball coaches show of the season will be coming your way via the podcast and likely before next Saturday's uh, football game as well. Coach Jim Lake for the men's team and Coach Hannah Iverson will join us. I believe we'll have a couple players as well who will join us also. So hoping to kind of soup up that basketball show for you, both on the podcast version and on air as well. So we'll hopefully be able to air that for you before the football game on Saturday as both teams get ready for the start of the season. The men get underway on the ninth on the road, taking a trip up to uh, northern Wisconsin and up in the uh, UP of uh, Michigan as well. And the women will get underway on November 13th. The home game against St. Olaf will be here to bring it to you on News Talk WMEQ, bringing you a few non-conference games as well this season. Let's turn it over to Jay Fall, the PA announcer, as we get ready for the National Anthem here from Don and Nona Williams Stadium. Stand America, uh, for the singing of the Star-Spangled Banner, our National Anthem, by UW Stout's very own Mara Jones. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave and welcome back into down and williams stadium let's try to head down to the field to ken holmquist our head official as we get ready for the coin toss between platteville and stout okay platteville is here call heads heads called heads Tails. We'll defer to the second half. Okay. Stout will defer to the second half. Subsequently, Pioneers want the ball. What goal do you want to defend? Okay, put your ball back to the goal you're going to defend. Platt will receive. Shake hands. Go have some fun, guys. And there you are. The uh Coin toss has been taken. Stout wins again. I don't know if we have a running tally on coin toss wins, but Stout's got to be, you know, now this being game number nine. Stout's had to have won seven or eight of the coin tosses this season. So, uh, well, you take that for what it's worth and you move on, I suppose. Stout will be in the all-gray uniform, same uniforms they wore to uh, take out UW-Eau Claire for the fourth straight season and win the uh, War on 94 trophy. Uh, earlier this year. They'll be in that all-gray uniforms, white numbers, white helmets. Platteville on the road with the uh, white tops, the orange bottoms, the blue and white trim on the sides with white helmets as well. The officiating crew, as we said, Kent Holmquist, your head official. The umpire is Timothy Polson. The headlinesman is Steve Schroeder. The line judge is Jake Will. The field judge, Travis Korth. The side judge, Corey Manlick. And the back judge is Cameron Bump. 
here this afternoon. WIAC action today. All the games getting underway around 1 o'clock today. It is Stevens Point at Whitewater. River Falls is at La Crosse. And Oshkosh is at Carson Park today to take on the Eau Claire Blue Golds. We're happy you're along with us here for Stout versus Platteville. WIAC football action in this conference now, at least with the way things have shook out. Looks like it could be only a one-bid conference in the Division Three playoffs. You look at Oshkosh and Platteville along with the lacrosse. Likely not going to get in with those overall records. It'll likely be just Whitewater who makes the uh, playoffs. So uh, teams playing for pride, trying to set themselves up for next season as well. And these 13 seniors first out certainly want to have a good send-off here in Menominee today. We're ready for the kickoff. We hope that you are as well. Drew Pearson is ready to kick it off here to Platteville with Johnson and Babick back to receive. And here we go. There's the opening kickoff from Pearson. It'll be taken over on the far side by Bo Babick. He'll move it over left side up to the 20. Now tries to cut it back upfield. Looks for a lane at the 25. And he'll roll up to the 29-yard line and stout in good coverage there uh, with Logan Peterson on the tackle. And so the 29-yard line is where Brett Geist, the junior, will come out. He is 37 for 49 so far this season, 75%. Good numbers there. 391 yards through the air, three touchdowns on the ground for him as well. He has thrown a couple of picks, and that has been the issue for this Platteville team this season. Their turnover margin is not only one of the worst of the WIAC at minus seven, it's one of the worst in the entire uh, Division Three NCAA football. So uh, it's last in the league there. It's really been a, a concern this season. Is there's a handoff? No, it's a kind of a carry, and he'll take it himself here. Will Grice around the uh, right side doesn't get much. In fact, he'll have no gain to the near hash at the 29-yard line. Stout there to stop him. And again, Logan Peterson was in on the tackle hey guys, along the with others. And it was uh, a nice stop there by Stout. Levi Wolf coming up to help out on the tackle as well. Get about, give him about a half a yard, and it'll be second and nine. Guys with 205 yards rushing. We mentioned that you know it's been mainly the Colin Schutz show, and uh, he so far on the season has eight touchdowns with 13 interceptions. Certainly has been a concern. Geis will throw it on a slant route, caught across the 30-yard line at the 35. In coverage is Chase Finelli, and they'll get it out to the 35-yard line and bring up a third and four here. Jansen on the reception. Tim Jansen, the senior slot receiver. A touchdown for him this season, 558 yards, one of the leading guys on this team. And again, without Mark Johnson, uh, this team is certainly looking for who they need to step up in the receiving game. They've got to a couple of guys who could do so, but it's just a matter of who's going to step up today. Third and four. Back to pass here is Geis. He looks over and makes a throw over to the right side at the 40-yard line. Catch is made by Tim Jensen again, and he's got first down yardage out across the 40 to the 42-yard line. Good throw there to Jensen. His second reception already, and it's a first down as Platteville will convert. Now, they were 50 of 115 coming into the game on third down. That's about a 43% conversion rate, and that's second in the whole WIAC and Stout is worst in the league on defense with third down conversions 49 of 118 against them for about 42 percent so uh, they'll really need to clean that up as Bo Babick will uh, split out left side from the running back spot he surveys the defense throws it over the middle incomplete this guys incomplete intended for Donald Allender and again Allender is a six foot seven 224 sophomore who has 379 yards on the season and three touchdowns second and 10 coming up here for Platteville on the near hash at their own 42-yard line. Early on, 13-18 left to play here in this first quarter. No score between Stout and Platteville. This was a game last year, as we'll talk about 
in a little bit, and you heard from Coach Birmingham in the Bob and Steve's BPM Echo Shops pregame show. It was a little bit contested as there's a swing out on the wide receiver screen. Left side catch is made, but not a whole lot more for Kevin Johnson, the freshman. He'll get it out to the 44-yard line for a gain of two. And it'll bring up a third and long, third and about, uh, we'll call it a long seven, a short eight over on the far hash. But a game in which penalties really factored in. Mistakes by Stout, and I'm sure they felt like it wasn't all mistakes either. 14 penalties called against Stout in last year's game at Platteville, and only two against the Pioneers really hurt them on some big plays. Even though they had a 10-point lead, did Stout going into the halftime locker room of that game. Guys, back to pass, looking over the middle. He'll throw in. No, pardon me, it is caught. I thought it had bounced out of the hands of the intended receiver, Donald Allender. He was uh, hit late there. Uh, just as the ball was getting there by Luke Wiltz, I do believe, the tackle made, but it's into Stout territory at the 46-yard line and another third-down conversion. And this is what Platteville has done well this season are these third-down conversions. Brings up a first down at the Stout 46-yard line. Guys on the far hash. He will uh, fake the hand up to Babbitt. He'll roll out on an option play. He gets hit in the backfield by Brandon Vecchio, and then he's finished off by a host of Stout Blue Devils, including Luke Wiltz, for a loss of one on the play back to the 47-yard line. Great job by Vecchio to get there first and kind of cut off the ability for him to pitch that one out to his intended back, and then he had to keep it himself, and he got finished off by the rest of the Devils' defense. So make it second and 11 now for Platteville at the Stout 47-yard line. Right on the middle of that blue double head on the new field turf here. We can't call it new anymore after this game. I think going into next year it will have to be the uh, somewhat new field turf after uh, it was installed before the beginning of this season. Guys to throw it right side, a uh, slant route thrown too low, a little bit behind his intended receiver, Donald Allender. And once again, Chase Finelli was in on the coverage. Incomplete brings up third and 11, and this is the situation you want if you're stout. Get him into long third down attempts, long third down conversions. Part of the reason why Stout's defense has struggled on third down this season is just because of that. They've had so many short third downs that teams are trying to convert against them that it becomes a lot easier for them. But when you get them into third and seven or longer, that's usually about the mark, the line of demarcation, if you will, for a defense. Say, hey, if it's third and seven or longer, we're ready to uh, take these guys out. Five receivers set. Two receivers left, three to the right, ball middle hash. Guys takes a snap, looks over the middle. Now looking toward the right, he's going to step up and run with it. Stout will try to chase him down. Apalabi is after him. Wiltz will push him out of bounds. He'll be a yard or two short of the first down marker. They've got him at the 38-yard line. That's a gain of about nine when they needed 11. And he'll be about two yards short, fourth and two. And this is certainly in the area where you'd go for it. The wind today is not terribly strong. The sun trying to peek out on this gloomy afternoon on a chilly afternoon, just around 40 degrees or so. And the wind blowing, I'd say it's out of the southeast, so kind of into Platteville right now. They do not have a good kicking game, and uh, it does not surprise me they're going to go for it here on fourth and two. Here comes the noise from the sideline on senior day. Three receivers right, one left. Guy looks over toward the sideline. Babic is the tailback he'll move to the left hand side of the quarterback and a timeout is going to be called by Geis and Platteville they want to talk it over as the play clock was winding down fourth and two for Platteville coming up with 11.05 left to go in the first quarter and no score right after this in 30 seconds on your home for Blue Devils football welcome back in here to Don and Nona Williams Stadium timeout Platteville as the play clock was ticking down here on their first drive of the game they've converted two third downs already on this drive they're at the stout 38 yard line and now they need to convert a fourth down so far on the season for platteville they're 12 of 24 convert, converting fourth down so they've gone for it quite a bit this season 
And they're going to try to do it here on fourth and two. They need the stout 36-yard line. On the far hash, this is Geis in the shotgun. Three receivers right, one left. He awaits the snap, takes it, looks right the entire way, up in the air, and it's batted away incomplete, almost intercepted by Finelli. He stepped and jumped the route from Tim Jansen, incomplete. Turnover on down, Stouts got it at their own 38-yard line. That's a big play from Finelli. And interesting, you know, a lot of teams this season have picked on Kier Rhodes, the cornerback for Stout. They felt like they've had better matchups against him. Finelli has not been tested nearly as much as Rhodes has at the cornerback spot this season. But they went after Finelli at least three, if not four times on that drive. And Finelli was up to the task. He did a very nice job, and there's a reason why teams have not been going after him. So two receivers left, and a kind of two sort of pro set here for Stout, and the shotgun is Bogarting. He's got Carpenter to his left, and he'll hand it off to Carpenter. No, he'll keep it himself. Slant route to Hamer, makes a catch at the 48-yard line and is spun down. He's got 11 yards and a first down. I think they'll give him forward progress to the 49. Levy Hamer with his 58th catch on the season, and now he's over 800 yards on the season and having himself one heck of a freshman campaign. I'd have to check with Lane Pitt, our uh, SID, but uh, in terms of freshman receiving seasons, he's got to be close to... uh, uh, the top ever in Stout history uh, for freshman receiving campaigns. Here's a swing out pass to Carpenter out of the backfield in the flat across the 50 and into Platteville territory at the 45-yard line. The Platteville fans wanted holding. They're not going to get it. And, uh, well, I suppose if you if you you know go to the uh, or you prescribe to the idea of karma or things evening out, I'm sure the officials have a few to give uh, to Stout today in comparison to what happened last season in Platteville with that 14-2 to disparity in penalties. But uh, we'll see how that all works out. Two receivers right, one to the left. A second and four coming up for Stout. Fake the handoff to Carpenter. They swing it out to Hamer on a wide receiver screen. Incomplete, just over these outstretched hands. Bogarting a little bit of an airmail there. Hamer only at five foot ten. They had a block set up. I'm not sure if he would have been able to make too many moves to get that first down. But uh, it would have been a, a close play for sure. So at the 45 of Platteville, a third and four. They need the 41 for a first down to Stout. 10-12 left to go in the first quarter and no score still. Stout's already had one first down on this drive. A couple of passes from Bogarting. As Bogarting looks to the sideline with 13 on the play clock. He now will send Rondorf to the right side of the formation. He'll send Hamer in motion. It's a handoff instead right up the middle to Carpenter. He counters up the middle across the 40 and up to the 36-yard line. And there's a nice run of nine yards and a first down. Carpenter with the run right up the middle. Some misdirection to Hamer on a fake end around. And Carpenter, once he countered from right to left, right up the middle and turned on the Jets, he knew he was going to have the first down, and he got even more up to the 36. So Stout with a nice run there. This rush defense has been good for Platteville at 139 or 134 yards per game that they give up. They fake the handoff, end around to Fossum. Now rolling out is Bogarding downfield. He finds Rondorf out of the tight end spot near and inside the 10-yard line. That's a first and goal coming up. First out, a great, great pass downfield. That'll be a gain of 26 yards and a first down for the Devils. Make it 27 officially as they mark him at the 9. Dustin Rondorf, that's just his second reception of the season, and the senior gets put into the offense early. He got behind the defense there. They were playing a little bit of a soft zone, was Platteville, and Rondorf was able to find a soft spot in it, and there he went. So Stout once again 
Sends Carpenter to the right side of Bogerning in the shotgun. Five on the play clock. They'll send Hamer in motion across the formation. They fake the end around to him. Bogerning going to run at the five. He's got it. Touchdown! A big run for Bogerding. He's got his second rushing touchdown of the season. Six nothing. Stout. Nine fifteen left to play in the first quarter. Bogarding fakes the handoff on the end around to Fossum, and he looked right up the middle on that option and ran it right through this Platteville defense who was not anywhere close to him, and Stout takes a 6 to nothing lead. Beautiful play there for Stout. A well-scripted drive, a well-scripted couple of plays there, and, boy, they really caught something in the Platteville defense uh, that they weren't uh, able to catch up with this Stout offense. Pearson on to attempt the extra point. Snap spot, kick up, and kick is good. 7 nothing. Devils with the lead. 9.15 left to go in the first quarter. We're back right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. Welcome back in here to UW Stout and down at Nona Williams Stadium. A nine-yard touchdown run from Sean Bogarding puts Stout up 7-0 with 9.15 left to play here in the first quarter. Ball being blown off the tee here. Drew Pearson will have to give it back to the back judge here, and he'll set it up one more time up on the tee. So for Stout, it ends up being a six-play, 62-yard drive. Just took a minute and 46 off the clock. And they look good there after stopping Platteville on a fourth down attempt into Stout territory. They were unable uh, to convert, and Stout marches it right downfield on some nice plays as Pearson kicks this one off with the wind, and it will be taken around the goal line here by Babick, and he will bring it up across the 15. He gets hit there, now going to bounce out of it at the 20. He gets a block on the left side, and he gets shoestring by Logan Pearson, or Peterson, excuse me, at the 22-yard line. So it ends up being a 21, maybe 22-yard return in the end, and that is where Platteville will take over. So it ends up working out first out there to get him inside the 25-yard line on potential touchback situation. So Stout comes out on defense once again, and we'll see again. Platteville has been... Uh, not last week against lacrosse. We saw Brett Geist do all of the passing and all of the quarterbacking for Platteville in that game. But a few weeks before that, they've been willing to really uh, kind of bounce through their potential quarterbacks with three receivers left, one to the right. It's a handoff right up the middle, and there's not much there as Jason Dilly from the side makes a tackle on Sean Studer, uh, who was running that one up to the 24-yard line for a gain of two. That is Bo Babic, excuse me, on the carry. Six touchdowns for Babic this season, 5.1 yards per carry. 256 on the ground. Sean Suter, who's the backup running back, the senior, actually has 583 total yards of rushing on the season as well. So they've got, a, a, again, a good two-headed monster there does Platteville this season. As Geis in the shotgun, two receivers left, two to the right. Looks over the middle, wanted to go deep. There's nothing there, though. He's got kind of good coverage downfield. Now they want to throw it to Babic out of the backfield. He makes a catch at the 33-yard line, and he tiptoes the sideline across the 40 to the 43-yard line. He got absolutely crushed by Levi Wolf out of bounds there. Great, great job by Levi Wolf. They wanted a late hit, but I think it was a good no-call. It is a first down in the end, up to the 44-yard line for Platteville. And you can tell there's some Platteville fans right down uh, below us here who were pretty upset about that call. Clad in the orange and blue gear. And Stout is able to get away without uh, the late hit there. Three receivers, no, pardon me, four receivers all bunched out to the left. And a catch made and incomplete. Devils are over it. They think it might be a fumble. It is not. They're going to go incomplete pass, almost a backward pass. They'd set up a pass to Sean Studer out there, and a great job reading it and coming up on the play by Chase Finelli. He read it the entire way and hit him just as he was catching or trying to catch the ball. Incomplete brings up second and ten. Boy, they telegraphed that play 
in every way, and you could see that they were set up for a wide receiver screen on the left side was Platteville, and Stout was all over it. So now they're going to bunch receivers close to the line, two right, two left. Ball on the near hash, second and ten. Once again, Geis in the shotgun, rolls to his left, looks downfield. He'll throw it up and caught. Boy, he got that right over the outstretched hands of Hayden Miller. It is caught downfield by Connor Federley. Miller almost got up to tip that and maybe have a shot at an interception. But you talk about Geis with the accuracy there. They're just dumping it in and having enough kind of arc on that ball to get it over Miller and down into the hands of Federley for a first down up to the South 43-yard line. 7.41 left to play in the first quarter. 7-0 Devils with the lead over the Pioneers of Platteville. One receiver left, two to the right. The back is Sean Studer. Geis takes the snap, rolls to his right, looks downfield, looks to go deep. Now he has nothing there. Now he's going to pull back, throws downfield. Wolf is up, and it is caught. No, it's incomplete. It came out. It is not complete. It popped out of the hands of the receiver at the last moment, who was Tim Jansen. Unable to pull that one in. Levi Wolf did not do a good job kind of turning around on the play. He kind of face-guarded him, and it was his only... sort of play because he was out of position. Levi Wolf didn't make any contact. You can face guard if you'd like. There's no penalty there. He did a nice job making no contact, but probably should have done more on the defensive side to bat that one away or potentially get in front of it. But lucky for him, going to the ground, Jansen was unable to haul in that pass. Three receivers right, two to the left now. Back to pass is Geis, second and ten. Steps up in the pocket. He slings it over the middle, incomplete. Great job by Miller to jump on it. Oh, and the back judge throws a flag from 30 yards away. My goodness. Unbelievable. Miller made a great play to bat the ball away, and they're going to call pass interference. Three officials right next to it didn't call it, but the back judge from 30 yards away just threw the flag. Well, sometimes that's the way it goes. The back judge will throw the flag, and it will mark off, I believe, spot of the foul here in a first down for Platteville, unless the officials talk him out of it, which I don't think is going to happen. Here comes the call. Pass interference, defense, number 10. This is spot foul. Includes automatic first down. So spot foul, they'll bring it up to the stout 34-yard line, first and 10 here for Platteville. Geis goes over to the sideline to get the play in from his head coaching staff. Mike Emmendorf for the head coach for the Platteville Pioneers. Got his 100th win a couple of games ago, a couple of weeks ago, I should say. He's 101-99 as the Platteville head coach. One receiver right, three to the left. The ball on the near hash, 35 or 34-yard line, rather, at a first and 10. Geis in the shotgun. He takes the snap, and he hands it off to Studer right up the middle. No, he keeps it himself on the run pass option, tries to go left side. Vecchio's all over it, no gain. And now a little bit of a late uh, scuffle over on that far side as Chase Finelli went flying, getting hit down by Donald Allender. And it'll be a gain officially of one. They'll give him the 33-yard line, or maybe the uh, 33 and a half. Second and long here for Platteville. 6.57 left to play here in the first quarter. 7-0 Stout. Two receivers right, one left here for the Pioneers. And the Devils on defense. Coach Birmingham calling out the defense and saying and telling Chase Finelli to back off his receiver Jansen here to the near side. It is a handoff up the middle to Studer. They'll push the pile rugby style up to the 30-yard line. Not much more. A three-yard gain brings up third and mid-range here. Third and six here for Platteville. And again, this is, I believe, fourth down, four-down territory. Their uh, kicking game has been suspect at best. Officially, Mike Prattle is the 
uh, field goal kicker, but he on the season has a 25-yard long and into the wind here in this first quarter. I have to imagine that Platteville will be going for it unless they are deep, deep in Stout territory. 6.07 left to play in this first quarter. 7-0 Stout. Two receivers right, two left. Ball on the far hash. Geist takes the snap again. They set up a wide receiver screen at the 30, and a great job jumping it and making the tackle is rolling up to the 27-yard line was Jansen, the receiver there. See who made the tackle. I believe it was Luke Wiltz who jumped that route. And it'll bring up a fourth and three. Rhodes was there as well, as you can hear. So fourth and three for Platteville, and back to about the same scenario they were in earlier on their first drive. A fourth and short that they were unable to convert that time. We'll see what Stout dials up on defense here if they bring a little bit of pressure on Geis and company. Shotgun formation, one receiver left, three to the right. Ball on the far hash, eight seconds left on the play clock. 5.20 left to go in the first quarter. Geis awaiting the snap, he takes it. Oh, they got an early start on the left side on the slant, incomplete, and a flag coming in on Kier Rhodes. I thought that Donald Allender started quick, started early. This comes in from the uh, field judge, rather, and I think they might get him. It could be for a hold before the ball was even thrown. That would be, I think, a little bit more likely here. Looked like Rhodes got him right away. Holding. Defense, Defense number four. Ten-yard ten penalty. penalty. Automatic first down. So on a first down here for Platteville again on a penalty, and I don't think they're, you're going to have much of an argument on that hold. Again, but I think the argument would be it looked like Allender started just a little bit early over there on that far side, which is why Rhodes might, might have had to have gone out and held him. Again, it's a big size differential. Rhodes at 5'9", Allender at 6'7". You can tell over on that far side. Three receivers right, one to the left. Ball's moved up to the 17-yard line, first and 10. Geis back to pass, another slant route. Catch is made, and what a hit by Vecchio. He puts it on Daryl Kirby. What a great job as it's up to the 14-yard line for a gain of three. But he paid for that catch with Vecchio, and that is fundamental tackling right there. No targeting, nothing. He led with the shoulder, hit him right in the chest. And it's second and seven. And you got to give him a lot of credit there for Kirby to even hold on to that ball on that catch as well. That was a, a slant route that was uh, setting up your receiver for failure, if you ask me. 4.42 left to play here in the first quarter. Second and seven. And a handoff to Studer right side. He's taken down from behind by Vecchio. No gain on the play to the 14. Vecchio all over it. Stout's done a nice job anticipating this offense for Platteville. They've done a really good job jumping routes and being right there. Just a couple penalties is what's kept kept this drive alive for the Pioneers. So now trying to fight through it here on the third and seven from the 14-yard line. No gain on that tackle as we see Tim Jansen run out to the left side of the formation. He's one of two receivers on that side, two to the right. Here for Platteville. Geis in the shotgun. Suter is his back. Snap taken. He looks left the entire way. It's a slant route. Catch made by Jansen at the 7. And he will move it inside the 5 down to the 2-yard line. And that'll be a first and goal coming up for Platteville. You said Jansen just kind of find a soft spot. It was his own coverage for Stout. Soft spot in the zone. It makes it first and goal. They'll officially mark him to the 3-yard line. 3.53 in the clock running here. Left to play in the first quarter. So Platteville knocking on the door. Their red zone offense, they've scored 27 touchdowns and 30 uh, scores officially in the red zone. 44 tries overall. That's a 68% scoring rate in the red zone. Handoff to Studer up the middle. Goes left side now, and he's very close to the goal line, but he looks like he is down right about at the one. Just following his blockers that side. Stout was all over it, but uh, not before. He got some good yardage. 
It looks like Aaron Weiskup was in on the tackle. They're going to go up to the line quickly here is Geis. Look for a handoff to Studer. They're going to really pack the line. It is a handoff to Studer. He dives and jumps, but he is pushed backward, and he did not get the end zone. No gain for Studer on the play. It's third and goal from the half-yard line. Once again, Geis is going to come up to the line quickly here. He wants to run a play. They wanted to go right up the middle, and you saw Stout anticipated it. They packed the middle of the box there with a bunch of different linebackers and D linemen. Once again, Geis goes up to the line now. Now he goes under center. He's going to try to sneak it. He didn't get it. He's being pushed from behind, but he is not there. He is short. It's fourth and goal here for the Pioneers. Stout all over it here. Don't go up the middle on this defense. Stout's red zone defense has been very good this year. They haven't let a lot of teams get into the red zone. Only 23 attempts against them. And they've allowed 18 touchdowns, or pardon me, 18 scores and 14 of those touchdowns on the season. That's a 78% conversion rate. Now, they likely will be going for it here, Will Platteville. It is Bo Babick in as the back in the shotgun formation for Geis. One receiver right, one left, two tight ends on the line. Both set off offset right side of the line. They'll move Allender from left to right. Oh, it's a high snap. Going down with it is Geis. Now he's going to run, and he's taken down by Vecchio. Turnover on downs, and another stand. And now a flag again. Are you kidding me? It's after the play. This is going to be marked off after the play, unless it's a face mask penalty, but I can't imagine that. The officials again getting flag happy for whatever reason when these two teams get together. Stout and Platteville, the flags fly. The laundry on the field, and it was the umpire who threw it this time, Timothy Polson. Again, I think it's after the play, but let's get the official call. After the play, unnecessary roughness, number seven of Platteville. Late hit after the play was done. 15-yard penalty, first down. Yeah, I mentioned that Donald Allender, who gets called for the personal foul there, that he had gotten into it a little bit with uh, uh, both Rhodes and Finelli on some earlier plays. And so they'll mark off 15 yards up to the 24-yard line. So Stout actually gets some breathing room here after that penalty. So one goes against Platteville. It's, it's been a couple seasons coming for that. 2.05 left to play here in the first quarter. Stout 7, Platteville nothing. Two receivers right, two to the left for Stout. Noel Gonzalez is the extra receiver in right now for the Devils with Bogarting as a shot, or is the uh, quarterback, excuse me. Hand off left side to Carpenter, trying to find a hole, but there's not much there. 25, maybe 26-yard line. Stopped by Jason Withrow, the sophomore, along with others. I got some good players on this team. Eric Seidenberg, the sophomore, one of the league lead leaders in tackles with 73 total tackles coming into the ballgame. He sits back right now as sort of a, a deep linebacker. Bogarting in the shotgun. Has just Hamer lined up to the left side. This is a big formation. Three total tight ends with Carpenter running as a pistol. They will fake the handoff to him. Look over the middle to Rondorf. He's back behind everybody. Makes the catch at the 45-yard line to the 50. Stays on his feet into Platteville territory across the 40. Down to the 37. Keep moving, young man. There he goes across the 35. Well done, young man. Up to the 35 and a first down for the Devils. And another late flag coming in. A big gain of 40 yards on the play. Well, make it 39 officially. And a late flag as well. Rondorf pulling tacklers for his second catch of the game. And then he got some linemen and some other players coming in late to push him forward. I wonder if that's where they get maybe a late hit of some kind. And the question also is, is this after, during, or when this exactly occurred, this penalty, and how they're going to mark this off? 
It's interesting here. Kent Holmquist, the head official, the white hat as they call him, the referee, is not part of the conversation. It's the headlinesman and the umpire who are talking about it. And now he's just kind of waiting for them to agree on what they saw. And here comes the call. No foul on the play. First down, Stout. No foul on the play. So I guess we'll never know what that conversation was about. Clayton Birmingham is getting an explanation from the headlinesman, Steve Schroeder. And they'll mark it up to the 35-yard line. So it ends up being a total on the play for Rondorf of 39 yards. Bogarting in the shotgun formation. Great play call there to get Rondorf behind everybody. He's going to throw it out to Hamer. He makes a catch at the 30, makes a move to the 25. Has to get away from a tackler at the 20, and he does down the sideline near the 15-yard line. They'll mark him at the 16, 19-yard gain. He needed one move to make. It was single coverage out there on the right side. Hamer made it, got away, and it's a 19-yard gain and another first down. Hamer does a nice job out there on Josh Wiseman, the sophomore cornerback. Just able to make a move on him. Now two receivers out to the left, Hamer and Fossum. Now looking for Seymour, not in as part of this formation. He's on the sideline right now. Two tight ends in. Carpenter is the back. Bogarding will hand it off to him. Right up the middle he goes. Not much else. Maybe a yard. He'll get to the get back to the line of scrimmage to the 16-yard line, but not much else there as we see a couple men coming up. Like it could have been Bryce Arneson, the junior, who was in on the tackle. Now Seymour will check in. Checking out for the Devils. One of their uh, tight ends. And we'll see how Stout wants to line it up here. 15 seconds left on the play clock. Now they're going to reset the play clock for some reason. Not really sure why it stopped, though, because there's only four seconds left in the quarter. Bogarding with two, with one, takes the snap. They'll get a play off here. He'll roll to the left, throw toward the end zone. Fossum up. Did he tiptoe the sideline? He did. Catch made inside the five at the three-yard line. First down, Devils. That's a 12-yard gain, and it will be first and goal when we start the second quarter after the break. It's Stout 7, Platteville nothing, and the Blue Devils knocking on the door right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. Well, welcome back in here to Donadona Williams Stadium. What a first quarter for the Stout Blue Devils. They lead 7-0 over Platteville. We're ready for the start of quarter number two. And Stout, after a great tiptoe catch by Parker Fossum on the near sideline at the north end zone, will move it down to the south end zone. And it's first and goal for the Devils at the three-yard line of Platteville. And Stout, the last time that they were on defense in this situation, came up with a big stop near the goal line. Platteville hoping for the same, but Stout's got the momentum going forward. It is a fake handoff here. They'll throw it over the middle to Rondorf. Tipped, and he still makes the catch in the end zone. Touchdown, Devils! Rondorf with the catch, his first touchdown reception of the season. 13 to nothing, Blue Devils on the tip ball there, the old tip drill. Rondorf stayed with it. They got a hand on it up top there across the goal line at the secondary, but again, Platteville has not made the adjust, adjustment to Dustin Rondorf running into the end zone and getting behind the secondary, and he does it again, makes another catch his third of the game, and Stout leads it by two scores. On to attempt the extra point is Drew Pearson. Again, Clay Zekin is the long snapper. Bogarting is the holder. Snap, spot, kick is up a little low. Was it wide right? Nope, it was good. It snuck in, and it's 14 to nothing. Stout as we have 14.55 left to go in the second quarter. Back after this on News Talk WMEQ. 
Welcome back in here to UW-South Don and Nona Williams Stadium, the site of this WIAC tilt, the penultimate game of the season for the Devils. They're 4-4 four four on the season, and they lead 14-0 over Platteville, 14-55. Left to play in the second quarter, just into the second quarter here, and ready to uh, take this kick are both uh, Kevin Johnson and Bo Babick, and it'll be Babick on the far side at about the 11-yard line. Tries to move it upfield at the 20 to the 25, counters back and is taken down near the 28-yard line. Gain of about 18 there on the return. Uh, Markham, yeah, officially at the 28-yard line, and that's where the Pioneers will take over once again. So Stout doing a nice job so far. They've come up big on defense, a couple of fourth-down conversions that have been uh, pushed away. Stout with 138 yards of offense so far in the game. And 119 through the air, 19 on the ground for South. 74 yards through the air for Platteville, 11 on the ground for the Pioneers. Geis, who comes into the game to lead the offense, is 9 of 14 for 74 yards. He's in the shotgun, three receivers left. It's a handoff right up the middle. A little bit of a hole here across the 30. And not we'll much more for carries. Babbick up to the 31. It'll be a three-yard gain on the play, second and seven. Abick rushing so far now is up Stopped to a total of five yards on the ground. Suter with five. Geish has rushed for four yards as well. Jansen leads the receiving core for Platteville with 25 yards. Dustin Rondorf with three receptions, 70 yards for Stout, and the touchdown reception as well. Back to pass Geis. He'll throw it out left side. It is caught at the 35-yard line and then being hit at the 38 by Colin Terrell make the tackle, but it's enough for a first down of about seven yards up to Connor Federley. And they'll move the ball once again. Another first down for Platteville. That is their eighth of the game. Stout with some nice, long, sustained drives and drives that they were able to keep going as well. That last drive, six plays, 76 yards, two minutes and 10 seconds off the clock that resulted in a touchdown. Snap taken here by Geis. Looks left the entire way. Getting through the line. Initially there was Austin Beck. He'll throw it over the middle. Incomplete. Nice job by Pinelli to break up the pass. Boy, Beck got through the line and then got tripped up at the last moment. If he didn't, he had uh, free reign on Brett Geis to get the sack. Instead, it's an incomplete pass and Pinelli breaking it up on the far side. Makes it second and ten at the Platteville 38-yard line. Pioneers Offensive line has allowed 21 sacks this season. That's seventh out of eight teams in the WIAC. And it's a lot of seniors, on the, at least on that left side of the line. Juniors up the middle and a sophomore in glassy over on the right side. Three receivers right, one left. Back to pass is Geis. Looks over the middle. Nothing there. Now he throws it deep. He's got a man. Jansen makes a catch at the 35-yard line. Across the 20 to the 15-10. He is pushed out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. No flags on the play. And Jansen with a deep slant route is able to easily find some space and get it downfield quickly. And with 13.38 left to play here in the second quarter, the Pioneers are knocking on the door. That's easily the best play that they've had of the ball game. And they'll hope to continue that here moving forward into the end zone. So at the six-yard line is where they'll go. Jansen with the big reception downfield. And Stout just a little bit of a breakdown in coverage there. And a good throw from Geist, too, to hit him in stride. One receiver right, one left. Last time they got this close to the end zone, Stout's defense came up big. Toward the north end zone they go. Geist back to pass. Looks for a fade route to the corner of the end zone. That's too high. Oh, they got a penalty again on Kier Rhodes. This ball was this ball was not catchable. Now, if they're going to call holding, you could maybe understand that, but it's, it, pass interference is a tough play to call here because that ball was easily not catchable. It was way overthrown, even for the 6'7", Donald Allender. So we'll see what the call is. 
Holding. Defense number four. Half the distance to the goal. First down. So it is holding, and I think that that would be the right call. I don't think you can call pass interference because that ball was so uncatchable. But uh, Rhodes just putting his hands out, trying to do everything he could to stop Allender from having an opportunity at that ball. And again, it's unfortunate. Rhodes isn't going to know that when the ball gets released, that it's uncatchable. But uh, it certainly was uncatchable. And uh, unfortunately for Stout, the hole puts it at the three-yard line, and they'll start the first down over again. Three receivers right, one to the left. Here for Geis on the near hash. It is a handoff up the middle to Babbick, and he gets taken down from behind, but does fall forward up to the one-yard line. And that is Jason Dilley, who's on the tackle, was able to get back into the backfield there and get him as he was moving forward right after he got the handoff. But again, his momentum kind of took him forward to the one-yard line, and it makes it second and goal now for Platteville. At the one, in the shotgun formation is Geis. Three receivers right, one left. Babbick is the back. Right in the middle of the hash. A little bit of a high snap there, and he'll bounce off to Babbick, and he's into the end zone for a touchdown. Again, more extracurriculars after the play, but it is a touchdown, and Platteville gets on the board here with 12.41 left to play in the second quarter. 14-6, Stout with the lead. The way they march downfield there, and the way Stout's march downfield as well, you get the feeling this could have a little bit of a shootout mentality to it. Remember, Stout will receive the ball to start off the second half as well. A couple of feature interviews from earlier this season. Keyshawn Carpenter and Caleb Adams will be our guests at halftime. Great job by Jake Boostrup to get those interviews. And figured we'd go with a couple of the seniors here on Senior Day to uh, bring you those feature interviews. So, uh, again, some earlier recorded interviews, but uh, nonetheless, always fun to hear from them as the kick is up, and it is good, and makes it 14-7 in favor of Stout. 12-41 left to play in the second quarter. It's Stout 14, Platteville 7, back after this on your home for Blue Devils football. Now welcome back in here to Donna Williams Stadium. Sam Herkert is ready to kick this one away for Platteville. Back to return for Stout are both Josh Nitek and Levy Hamer. And they'll be uh, kicking with the wind here, Will Platteville. 12.41 left to play. Here in the second quarter, 14-7 Stout with the lead. Here comes the kick. It's toward Hamer. Or pardon me, it's a Heaven Hunt now who's going to take this one at the 10-yard line up to the 15. He's got a bit of a lane there. Noel Gonzalez, excuse me, at the 25. Flags on the play, and he will be run out of bounds across the 35-yard line. This is in the area of a block in the back or a hole on Stout. And likely going to back this one up just a bit. And Kent Holmquist, our head official today. Penalties, three against Stout for 22 yards, one against Platteville for 17 yards officially. And the headlines have been coming in here to chat with Kent Holmquist and let him know what's up. But likely this one coming back, and South's going to have a long field in front of him. During the return, block in the back, return team number 31. Ten yards from the spot of the foul, your first down. Logan Peterson called for the penalty there. That seemed, seemed like the officials are very resigned to call that. I think it, they're so used to calling you know penalties on returns that we see it so often. And uh, from the spot of the foul, make it all the way back to the 12-yard line. So Stout with a long field in front of him. 12:34 left to go in this first or first half, rather. 14-7, Stout with the lead. Again, a tight formation here. Hamer is the only receiver in at the moment. He's going to move from right to left. It is a handoff to Rayshon Graham, who's in the game, and he's got a hole across the 10. Stays on his feet to the 15, trying to hold on to the ball, and he does up to the 17-yard line. It's a nice gain of about five there on first down. He had a big hole right through the middle. Great job by Bailey Rue and Alex Nagoski to open that one up on the uh, kind of A, B gap side of the field, or right side of the field, I should say. Once again, 
Stout comes out with that tight set. Looks like they've got three receivers in the formation, though. It'll be Hamer left, Bossom right, and they've got Seymour lined up as sort of an offset tight end behind Rondorf on the right side of the formation. Ball on the near hash, second and five. Graham is the back, moves to the right side of Bogarty. Five on the play clock. He awaits the snap, takes it. Here comes the pressure from Platteville. Pump fakes. Oh, he's got Hamer downfield, trying to catch him in stride. Catch made at the 50, to the 40, to the 30, and he's gone! Touchdown, Devils! 83 yards on the play, and the Devils take back a two-score lead. Hamer with the run down the far side. It was all about the pump fake from Bogarting. An 83-yard touchdown pass, and the Devils lead it 20-7. to Hamer gets behind the defense. Platteville unable to react. Again, their pass defense has been suspect this season. 226 yards per game is what they give up, and they're on pace to give up a lot more than that here today. Drew Pearson on to attempt the extra point. Bogarting the holder. 20-7 stout coming right back to get him. 83-yard reception. Snap spot. Kick up. And Pearson knocks it through. 21-7, Stout with the lead. 11:37 left to play in the second quarter. Back after this on New Stock WMEQ. Now welcome back in here to Donanona Williams Stadium. The longest pass play ever at Donanona Williams Stadium was 87 yards. John Bain to Anthony Muhlenberg. That was back in 2013. Well, this was 83 yards, so it's got to be up there on the list near the top. I'm sure the top five, top ten of longest pass plays ever here at Donanona Williams Stadium. And there it is. Hamer with an 83-yard touchdown reception is taking it here is Bo Babick. He'll move it right side across the 25 to the 27-yard line. And a good return for him there to set up uh, Platteville. And now a late flag here. And this is going to go against Hayden Miller, I think. Miller was complaining about uh, some late hits here on the near side. And the side judge threw that thing a good 30 feet in the air. And I don't know if it's... Uh, I'm not sure what uh, Miller said, but he might have said the magic word, and I think they're going to mark off 15 yards here for whatever reason. God, I don't understand it. When these two teams get together, it's just a laundry fest here. We should have a laundromat sponsored just the Platteville Stout game, I think. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct, number 42 of the of, uh, Platteville could be a 15-yard penalty first down through this first UNS of the game. UNS. I had not heard UNS before. Unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalty, I believe, is what UNS stands for. But uh, 42 for Platteville, so it's uh, Antonio Jose Ramos uh, who is called for the penalty. So they'll mark off 15 yards. Again, Hayden Miller was sitting there, sitting there complaining about it and complaining. And I thought, you know, he was – Ramos was, was gone at the point where he threw that flag. So I thought maybe, you know, Hayden Miller threw – or uh, said the magic word, if you will – and was going to get flagged there. So I'm a little surprised it went against Platteville, to be perfectly honest with you. There was definitely extracurriculars there after the play was over uh, on that return on the near side, and it looked like Miller was getting the worst of it. A little bit of extra blocking going on. The officials trying to put an end to it. All right, well, here we go. Fake handoff here as Geis will swing it out on a wide receiver screen right side, but Stout is all over it. See who made the catch over on that far side. I think it was Kevin Johnson. It was Johnson on the reception there. A couple yards. He'll get it up to the 18-yard line officially for four, second and six now for Platteville. So we've had some fireworks here early, 21-7. Stout with the lead. And total offense for Stout, 226 yards. Now Bogarting, how about this stat line? He's 8 of 9 for 202 yards and two touchdowns. 
I think I'd take that any I'd take that at any league, anywhere, any place. Geis now rolling to the left side, looks out to the left. It is caught at the 25, but not much more for Tim Jansen. It is enough for a first down, however. It's a seven-yard gain. Good job by Stout. Finelli was there, but uh, had a little bit of a cushion on him there, and it was enough for him to be able to get the first down. Again, he just kind of took what the offense, or what the defense gave him, rather, did Jansen, and Geis looked at it the entire way. I'm a little surprised Finelli didn't try to jump that route. Again, they're kind of playing, you know, you know, in baseball, how you play no doubles defense. So they're kind of playing to, you know, no home run uh, type of uh, passes, if you will, especially after the one that Stout just pulled off uh, shortly ago. Three receivers right, one left, first and ten. Geis will throw it right side. It is batted incomplete. Great job getting his hands on it there from the left side of the line. Dylan Peterson, the junior, bats that one away. Miller was the closest, but uh, it kind of died toward the ground. Didn't really pop up in the air much to have a chance at an interception. But Peterson gets his hands up to flex it. Second and 10 here for Pioneers. I'll tune in tomorrow. We will uh, have the Minnesota Vikings on the air taking on the Detroit Lions starting at about 11.43. Pre-game coverage after our church services here on Newstock WMEQ. Geis is going to pass right side. Now he's going to step up and run across the 25 to the 30. To the 35, stays on his feet and gets across the 40 up to the 42-yard line. So a gain of 18, make it 19 as they're going to mark it at the 43. Geis with a nice run there. The pocket broke down very quickly. I thought Stout was going to have a shot at a at a potential sack, but he was able to get away from the pressure. And then he made a couple nice moves downfield to get away from stout defenders all the way up to the 43-yard line. So a good run for him there. Makes it first and 10. Rhett Geis, the junior. Colin Schutz, the sophomore quarterback who started the majority of the beginning of the season, had 247 pass attempts, only 49 for Geis coming in. Geis will take the snap. He rolled to the right side. He's looking for Jansen downfield. He's not open. Now he's going to throw it deep down the far sideline. It is up and caught by Jansen on the double move inside the five. And then he fumbles the ball, but they'll say he was down at the one. Down at the one-yard line on a 56-yard gain, and it's first and goal for Platteville. And like I said, what did, what did we say, a potential shootout? Well, that's certainly what it feels like. Jansen with a double move on the right side. I thought he was going to run an out route, and all of a sudden he just uh, ran it right upfield. And Stout actually had three defenders back there, but he beat everybody downfield and was able to make the uh, reception and put it at the one. So first and goal here, Platteville at the one of Stout with 9.27 left to play. In the second quarter, Geis takes the snap, handoff to Babbick up the middle at the goal line. He got hit behind the line, but then he pushed everybody forward into the end zone. And another touchdown for Bo Babbick. It is his second of the game. He's only got nine yards rushing, but he's got two scores, and it is now 21-13 stout. So Platteville fighting back there on a big pass play down the right side to Tim Jansen. And he has been the man this season. Five foot ten, 191 pounds senior. As on to attempt the extra point is Mike Prattle. Again, he's just one for four on field goals this season. 25 is his long, so doesn't have a long range. At least we haven't seen it this season. Snap spot. That is a hook left. That is no good. That was, again, everything went wrong about that one. A little bit low on the snap as well. The holder, Connor Federley, had a hard time getting it down. Makes it 21 to 13. Stout with the lead. 921 left to play in the second. We're back right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. Welcome back in here to UW-Stout and the Blue Devils leading 21-13. Platteville marches it right downfield and scores again. Missed the extra point, but again, another touchdown uh, run for Bo Babick after a 56-yard reception by Tim Jansen down the far sideline, setting up a first and goal at the one for Platteville. So. 
Both teams moving the ball well as they get ready for the kickoff here. And again, back to return are both Gonzalez and Nitek. So no Hamer in there at the moment. Gonzalez takes it at the 7, moves it to the 15. Shifty up to the 20. He's got a lane. Spins at the 25-yard line. Another flag comes in here on the return. Up to the 35-yard line. It was a nice return, but again, it looks like this one's coming back for Stout. And they'll back up the Blue Devils here just a bit. It was the head official, the referee from the end zone, who threw that flag, and here comes the call. Well, they're talking to each other here about it. And still awaiting the official call. 9-14 left to play here in the second Bringer quarter. the turn, number 22, the return team, blocking the back, half the distance of the goal, first down. So again, the Devils, they get into a uh, special teams penalty. Nick Argatis is called for the block in the back this time. So Stout gets backed up to their own nine-yard line is where they'll start off the drive. It's 21 to 13 Stout. Stout with 229 yards of offense. Platt, excuse me, with the 240 of offense here. Two receivers right. Levy Hamer is set up as a back, I believe, unless that's uh, Graham back there. It is Hamer. Yep, they're going to pass it out to him right side. Makes the catch at the four, but Platteville's all over it at the five, and he'll be ushered out of bounds at around the six-yard line. That's a three-yard loss on the play. Trying to set up a little uh, wheel route Ratings out of the backfield. To Hamer. And Hamer unable to uh, make the play. Gets shoved out of bounds. Drew Hoff, the sophomore, getting a talking to from one of his teammates there. Looked like Travis Huffsling was over to chat with him and say, hey, make sure that there's no late hits, anything like that. I think they're uh, all very well aware of that. Fossum. And Seymour, the two receivers, along with Gonzalez in the game at the moment. Fossum and Gonzalez split out to the left. Seymour lined up behind Rondorf on the line, right side. Ball on the near hash, second and 13. Platteville looking like they're showing pressure. Carpenter will roll out to the left side. Pump fake for Bogarting. Now he's going to step up, needs to get away from the pressure, and he is throws it right at the feet of Tyler Seymour. That will not be grounding because Seymour was right there. He knew he was an eligible receiver. That's a really smart play from him to throw it at the feet of him right in front of him. It looked like grounding, but it is not. And it will bring up third and 13 here for Stout. Interesting, because he was an eligible receiver with Seymour, and he was back there kind of blocking. And so knowing that, Bogarting just threw it right at his feet and at no more than a yard or two in front of him. And because he's an eligible receiver, it uh, is not intentional grounding. So now third and 13 back at their own six for Stout. Shotgun formation. Again, that tight formation for Stout. Hamer goes in motion, and they'll fake the handoff to him. Instead, it'll be a run for Bogarting, and he'll get it back out to the six, maybe the seven. And again, some uh, more guys flying after the uh, whistle. And we see the umpire go down as well. It's a gain of one, maybe two there. Tackled by David Landstrom. An extra whistle, but uh, no reason for that. I don't think they haven't stopped the clock at all. 8.20 left to play here in the second quarter, and Stout's going to have to punt. And this is our first punt of the game for either team. And into the wind it'll be for Sean McGee with a 37.1-yard punting average this season. Another pioneer late to get out into the formation. Back to return here is Federley. McGee standing in his own end zone, and the block was on. He does get it away, though. There are penalties on the play. This could be roughing the kicker. Fair catch is called for around the 50-yard line. And it is called for back by Travis Classy, who was the man returning it. There is a pioneer who is down, and now another flag on the play. I think from uh, maybe some unsportsmanlike on Platteville. So I have, there's multiple flags. There's laundry all over the field. There are at least two fouls on this play. 
I don't know if it's roughing or running into the kicker. That would be my guess, unless they've got holding here on Stout. But they've also got a late, a late penalty as well. The man down on the field for Platteville was Damani White. He was the man trying to come in to uh, block that. Let's get the call from the officials here in Ken Holmquist. Well, a personal foul, leaping, leaping. on number 80, 15-yard penalty. We also have a dead ball foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, number 14. This will be added on, 15 more yards, first down. This is first down stout. So the leaping penalty happened during the play, which converts the first down for stout, and then another unsportsmanlike penalty added onto that. So that's 30 yards, and now Platteville is taking a knee on the sideline. They have been been extremely undisciplined here today, and they are getting an absolute talking to by their head coach in Mike Emmendorfer, saying, hey guys, we gotta clean it up. What the heck is going on out here? So this should be 30 yards, and I believe it'll be from the line of scrimmage. So if that's the case, the ball's gonna come out to about the 38-yard line here, and Stout's gonna have a first down. With 7.56 left to play here in the second quarter, and Stout leading 21 to 13. Platteville is all out of sorts here, and you know, I was talking about it with some of the folks up here in the press box. You know, the quarterback controversies, they've got their head receiver out. They've had a couple guys who didn't make the trip and who've been removed from the online roster at Platteville. And again, we don't want to speculate as to what that is, but it just certainly seems like there's some some discord, some, some problems uh, with this team at the moment. And really having some issues so they're going to mark it all the way up to the 37 yard line at yeah, 38 is what we thought and stout's going to come back out on offense so leaping again you can't leap over the center and i think that's what happened zeke and uh, again the centers on special teams plays are protected you cannot jump on them you can't hit them you can't do anything like that and so zeke was leaped and that was why there was a penalty and then the unsportsmanlike afterward, which I believe was called on Cleveland Red. I believe they said number 14. And so now Stout's got a first down up at the 38-yard line. 30 yards marked off, and here comes Bogarty. Going to send Rondorf in motion right to left side. Three receivers set. He's going to roll to his left here, throw it downfield toward Hamer. It is caught at the 50, and he'll tiptoe it out of bounds on a 13-yard gain, and it's first down Stout. Platteville, again, they just got a huge talking to by Mike Emmendorfer and the coaching staff on the sideline. Everybody took a knee. And we'll see how they respond. You know, some teams will respond really well to something like that. Some teams might, you know, get a little bit stuck in their shell, if you will. So right now it's kind of uh, it's do or die time for the Pioneers. You kind of get the feeling this is a big drive now in this game. As Bogarting in the shotgun. One receiver left, one to the right. He's got Carpenter back there. He will fake the handoff to him. Now he rolls to his right, looks downfield. He launches it for Fossum here on the near sideline, but he overthrows his man out of bounds. And uh, closer, I think, to Coach Clay Birmingham and uh, some of the guys on the sideline than it was to Fossum. And it was good coverage downfield as well by the defensive uh, front or defensive backs, excuse me. Travis Classy was the man downfield and that was another thing too you know on the depth chart a couple guys not making the trip here for Platteville we didn't know who all the backups would be and all that kind of thing for Platteville so classy being one of the guys over there one receiver left here is Hamer and it looks like uh, Stout wants a timeout uh, coach Birmingham apparently has to call it they wouldn't let uh, Stout's assistant coaches or coaching staff call the timeout themselves so Berm goes ahead and calls it 729 left to go
in the second quarter. Stout 21, Platteville 13. We'll take 30 seconds. Ball at the 50, second and 10, right after this on News Talk WMEQ. Back here at Williams Stadium. Again, the final game of the season here at Williams Stadium for UW Stout, trying to send the seniors off with a positive game. They're up 21 to 13 on the Pioneers of Platteville. 7.29 left to go in the second quarter. Stout with it a second and 10 at the 50 yard line. And again, boy, we've had uh, a bit of a wild first half. A lot of penalties, a lot of laundry, unsportsmanlike conducts, anything and everything. As Platteville has been a little bit undisciplined here in this first half. As here comes the fake handoff to Hamer. And Bogerton going to run with it there. He gets wrapped up in the backfield and dropped back at the 42-yard line. So Platteville again responds after being kind of uh, dressed down by their coaching staff there. They're going to get forward progress where? To the 43. So it's a seven-yard loss. And a third and 17 now coming up for Stout. They'll need to figure out what play they need to dial up here to get it downfield. Jacob Paul has checked into the game, the six-foot-four freshman receiver who has not made a reception yet this season. It's two receivers left, three to the right. Bogarting in the shotgun empty backfield. Platteville looks like they're bringing pressure. They're showing blitz. Let's see if they check off for a, a quick out here. Now they're going to back off the pressure on a third and 17. Snap taken. They're going to bring four. They go right through the line, though, and Bogarting is hitting the backfield and sacked. Back at the 36-yard line. Stout not blocking well at all. They didn't bring a blitz there. It was just a really, really good pressure right up the middle. I believe it was uh, number 90 there for Platteville. Jackson McMahon, the sophomore from Belleville. He gets the sack back to the 36, a 7-yard loss, and McGee gets set to pump this one away. So Stout unable to take advantage of the multiple penalties there against Platteville. When they were backed up in their own end, 30 yards worth of penalties that were marked off. McGee standing at his own 22. Line of scrimmage is the 36. See if Platteville brings some pressure again. McGee gets it away. It is a high wobbling punt. It is going to be fair caught, or at least called for the fair catch. It bounces high in the air, then takes a stout bounce at the 35-yard line to the 32. So, again, not a great punt there, just 34 yards for McGee. And the 32-yard line is where Platteville takes over. So that's got to be a win for Platteville. After the way that drive was going and you know, those penalties, stout should take advantage of something like that. You know, when teams give you extra chances, give you extra outs in baseball, or they give you uh, penalties, extra chances on the football field, you got to take advantage and get points from them. And Stout unable to do it on that drive. So now they're going to have to come up on defense here. Brett Geis having some nice passes in this game. He's got one receiver right, three to the left. Ball on the far hash. They move right to left. 5.54 left to play as he will hand it off up the middle, and there's some big hole up to the 42-yard line goes Bo Babick for a 10-yard gain and a first down. And, again, you can tell they, they got a little bit energized, I think, after that talking to on the sideline. Stout up by eight, but Platteville, I think, at least it feels like from my position, they've got all the momentum at the moment. Ball at the 42-yard line, their own 42. Ball middle hash. Three receivers right, one left. Brett Geis surveys the defense. He awaits the snap. From his center, Nick Broadhurst. He'll take it. Looks right, pumps. Now looks over the middle. He's got to step up, gets away from the pressure. Stout after him, now throws it downfield. It is skipped and incomplete. Intended for Darrell Kirby. And it'll bring up second and ten. Stout with good pressure there up the middle. Zach Donahue is the one who was after him. But Donahue unable to catch up with Geis. Geis has been elusive. No sacks yet. First Stout today. And a second and 10. They need Stout territory, the 48-yard line for a first down. 5.21 left to play 
here in the second quarter. We're past the 2 o'clock hour. This is News Talk WMEQ AM 880 Menominee, Translator W292EG, 106.3 FM Eau Claire, and iHeartRadio Station. Three receivers right, one to the left. Back to pass is Geis looking over the middle. Nothing there. He gets hit as he throws. Catch is made right around the 50-yard line by Jansen. And it'll be an eight-yard gain, third and two now for Platteville. They're giving him enough time back there. Stout has not brought a lot of pressure. And that's been part of the reason why Geis has had enough time. The coverage downfield has been good, but coverage can only last so long. You know, Stout's coverage is good for the first five seconds of the play or so, but you get into that six, seven, eight-second range, that's when it starts to get a little bit away from the Devils. Three receivers right, one left, ball in the middle hash, third and two. The Stout 48-yard line is what... Platteville needs. They're going to check off the play with eight seconds left on the play clock here. Allender doesn't know what the play is on the left side. He's asking for some clarification. Two seconds. It's a handoff to Babick. Right side. He's wrapped up in the backfield and dropped. Levi Wolf with the, pardon me, Brendan Vecchio with the tackle. A one-yard loss on the play. Vecchio now with his second tackle for loss on the season. The punt unit comes out here for Platteville. 418 left to play here in the first half. 21-13 Stout leads. Stout is led by as many as 14 at two different points in this game, 14 to nothing and 21 to 7. But Platteville has answered and tried to at least stay close, and they have done a good job of that so far. On to attempt the punt is Sam Herkert. Pardon me, not Herkert this time. It is a nice spiraling, kind of a line drive punt that is going to bounce at the 3, and it will roll into the end zone there and be a touchback. Stout will have it out at the 20-yard line. They punt this time for Platteville. Came from Connor Foley, the six foot three senior from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So Stout will have it at the 20 yard line now. And again, an opportunity for Stout to try to move this ball forward after Platteville's kind of shot themselves in the foot a couple times. Stout, interestingly enough, you know, all the penalty yardage and all the penalties that Platteville's racked up, four for 61 yards, five for 72 against Stout. So it has not been a clean game from Stout's perspective either. Now, a few of those penalties have been in the realm of the block and the backs and those kind of things on special teams. So that's been an issue for Stout as Carpenter is the back here with Bogarting. Two receivers out to the right, and you see Seymour once again lined up sort of as an offset tight end up on the line. Platteville showing pressure. Carpenter moves out to the right side. Bogarting out to pass. He'll swing it out to Carpenter. Catches made at the 15. Now it bounces out to the 20, and he rolls for no gain. Good job in coverage there. Containment out by Platteville. One of the first guys out there was Anthony Metallo. And then others helped out. Travis Huffsling was there, and McMahon was also there to make the initial, or I should say the final tackle for Platteville. No gain on the play, second and ten. So Stout trying to kind of chip away here at this Platteville defense. But when they've been successful in this game, it's been downfield. Passes to Dustin Rondorf to Levy Hamer as well. Hamer in single coverage out on the left side. They might go to him here. Try to go with the fade route. Bogarting takes the snap. Looks to Hamer the entire way. Makes the catch. Nice route there at the 20. Trying to spin out of a tackle at the 23. And he'll be taken down there and stopped. A gain of about three on the play. And that'll bring up third and seven. So Levy Hamer was there. Usually when you see that single coverage, you like him just to run it downfield. You know, back in the day, I said back in the day last year for Stout, I remember Brian Santafer was that six foot five receiver for Stout that uh, Jay Alston liked to throw those jump balls to when he'd see that that set up that uh, single coverage. But Levy Hamer at five foot ten, you just can't throw him those. You either have to go a double move or have to get it out to him quickly as they did on that play and let him make a move on the defensive back. And he was unable to get away that time. And now timeout called by Platteville. They did not have 
the right uh, personnel out there, and I think they were just late getting the 11th man in the formation out as well. So 227 left to play here in the second quarter. Stout 21, Platteville 13. Let's take a quick look at the uh, stats so far. Platteville with 257 total yards of offense, 227 for the Devils. Bogarting is 12 of 15 for 215 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Brett Geis is 15 of 23 for 211 yards. No touchdowns. They both come on the ground for Platteville. Bo Babick with his 18 yards rushing on seven attempts has the two touchdowns. Stout has done it through the air. Mainly, Levy Hamer with six receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. Dustin Rondorf uh, tripling his output in receptions on the season today with three receiving uh, receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. And you got Carpenter with a couple catches as well. Fossum with one for 13. So on the ground, Stout has not done much. Carpenter has just made uh, three attempts for 10 yards and Graham two attempts for seven yards. So they've only run officially five rushing plays I should say six rushing plays one of them was a designed run for Bogarting the touchdown run that he had of nine yards earlier today but he's been sacked a couple times as well so his rushing total has gone down a bit so out of the timeout it is third and six now for the Devils three receivers right one left ball on the far hash they need the 30 yard line for a first down 227 left to go in the second quarter oh, they jumped offside at Platteville but no flag on the play Bogarting pumps now he gets out of it no he's taken down back at the 12 yard line looked like they jumped offside must have got back onside did the and line Bogarting for Platteville by Clayton Becker and the sack is credited to the linebacker Becker that is his fifth and a half sack of the season this team in Platteville with 17 sacks coming into the game. They've already got three today. That was fourth in the league coming into today's play. So a big loss back to the 12-yard line, and now Stout going to have to punt this one away. And after about a quarter and a half of no punts, we've seen quite a few here in the last few minutes. Looking to bring the pressure is Platteville. McGee will get it away, however, and that's a nice spiraling kick over toward the far sideline. Fair catch called for and made at their own 49-yard line. And a pretty good punt in the end of 39 yards there for McGee. Much better even into the wind. And Platteville once again, though, with good field position to start things off. We take a look around the uh, WIAC. Whitewater is all over Stevens Point right now. 24 to nothing with one minute left to go in the second quarter of that game. Uh, Lacrosse up 17 to nothing on River Falls at last check. And Oshkosh and Eau Claire. How about Oshkosh falling off a little bit? Eau Claire is... Uh, Hanging with them, 7-7 seven seven is the score with 16 seconds left to go in the second quarter at Carson Park. And uh, Eau Claire trying to find out where they're at on the field. Uh, they're on their own 25, so uh, they might be adding into the halftime locker room. They're tied at 7, so that's a big result, at least at the moment, for the Blue Golds trying to get a win against a big-time powerhouse in Oshkosh, who again has dropped off a little bit this season. Stout goes out there next week for their final game of the season. Geis takes the snap in the shotgun. He's back to pass, throws over the middle, caught at the 27-yard line by Tim Jansen. He took a hit on the play. Geis hung in the pocket and was hit, but a big gain there up to the 27, 28-yard line is where they'll mark it, and a first down. So a gain of 23 yards up to Jansen on that deep slant route that's worked well for them a couple of times today. Two receivers right, two to left. Geist throws it out left side. Catch is made, bobbled, and, yeah, made a, a, officially at the 25-yard line. Miller all over the coverage on Connor Federley. Three yards, and it's second and seven. Connor Federley tackled by Hayden Miller. Once again, Geis in the shotgun formation. 
Three receivers right, one left, looks out right the entire way. He gets hit up the middle, but then rolls away from the pressure. Then Dilly gets held. There's a flag on the play. He goes out of bounds here. Not a late hit, I believe. He got hit right at the last moment by Wiltz. This is holding, and they're going to send Platteville back 10 yards. The Platteville fans wanted a late hit, but uh, I don't think they're going to get it. Here comes the call. Oh, still awaiting the call here from Ken Holmes. Holding offense number 61. Previous spot, 10 yards, second down. Brett Barant is the man who's called for holding. Now, he's the backup center. I didn't see him check into the game. Let's we'll see if he's been the one snapping. Yeah, he is. At the 35-yard line now is where they put the ball. The, Nick Broadhurst uh, came out of the game. The normal center for this team so the backup Burant rather is in its center three receivers right one left second and long after the hold second and 17 at the 35 yard line Geist takes the snap rolls to his right Stout comes with the pressure now he steps up throws it over the middle for Jansen caught at the 10 Stout has not been able to adjust to that play and it is caught at the 10 yard line first down here for Platteville they'll get it first and goal at the 10 officially on a 25 yard gain Jansen just, again, he's lining up in the slot to the right side, and he just makes a deep slant downfield, and Stout has not adjusted on defense to that play. Jansen with another big reception. Now that puts him up almost to 200 yards on the game. Now rolling right and running with it is Geist. Now he throws it over the middle, caught, and it is a touchdown. He was behind the line. It is caught by Donald Allender in the end zone. Geist rolling to the right, throws it in, and Allender receives it. For the score for 10 yards, and Platteville's within two of tying this game, but I think they're going to bring out the extra point unit for the time being. And that is with 32 seconds left to go in the second quarter. So Stout played a great first half, but Platteville is within two of tying up the game. Looks like they're going to just go for the extra point, even after Prattle really had an issue uh, with that extra point kick on his last try. Snap spot. Kick is up. This one looks like it was through, and it is. 21 to 20. Stout with the lead. 32 seconds left to go in the first half. We're back right after this on News Talk WMEQ. Welcome back in here to Williams Stadium. 32 seconds left to go in the first half. Stout leads 21 to 20 over Platteville. We'll see what Stout can do here. They uh, have two timeouts left in this half, so if they get a good return from Gonzalez uh, or Nitek, they might have a shot to try to get this one downfield and into field goal range for Drew Pearson at the least. It is going to be a short kick. Gonzalez is going to come up and let it bounce at the 11, and then it rolls toward the goal line. He's going to have to go get it at the 1. Now he brings it left side to the 5. He's got a hold of the 10. There's a flag on the play to the 20. He's out to the 31-yard line, but this is the third time on a kick return that there's been a flag on the return, and I think this one's going to come back again, and there's another one back at the 2-yard line as well. So two flags on the play, and I think they're both on stout. We'll have to see uh, how the officials mark it off. If it's from the spot of the foul, the one back near the two-yard line, Stout's going to be at the one, and i got to imagine they're just going to try to quarterback sneak it forward a couple times, or at least one time, to start the clock. And let's get the call. There are two fouls on the play, both on the return team. Holding return team number four, this penalty would be declined. Blocking the back on number one, the return team, this will be accepted. Half the distance of the goal. First down. So, yeah, it'll be the one that was at the two-yard line, of course, that will be accepted and put it at the one. So, Stout's just got to run this ball forward here and uh, head it into the halftime locker room. Now that they're at the one-yard line, they're not going to try anything, I can't imagine. 
So a uh, half that was kind of trending Stout's way, but the second quarter, give Platteville a lot of credit. They were in some trouble, and there was a, kind of a turning point when they had two personal two 15-yard penalties go against them, one for leaping on a punt and the other for a, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Put Stout back from the 8-yard line, punting it away, and, and Platteville would have had it deep at Stout's own 38-yard line, but they got uh, turned away after a couple of sacks, and Platteville, after getting a talking to on the sideline by Mike Emmendorfer, Really did a nice job to kind of turn the tide as they'll push Bogarting forward here on a quarterback sneak just to start the clock. And that's the way the first half will end. So a lot of penalties in this first half. Ten total that were accepted, but there were even more than that. And uh, just a sloppy half all the way around. Pardon me, 11 total accepted penalties for 101 yards against Stout, 71 yards against Platteville. So they're going to have to clean things up. Stout's going to have to uh, make some adjustments on defense as they've passed very, very well. Downfield his Platteville to Tim Jansen as well. And you look at it quickly, Jansen 199 yards receiving on 10 receptions, and they've all been deep slants as well. So Platteville getting another talking to here by Mike Evendorfer on the far sideline. We'll see if that motivates them going into the halftime locker room as Stout will head to their locker room as well. Like we said during the Bob and C's BP Amico Shops halftime show, we're going to have uh, a couple of interviews from earlier this season, one with Keyshawn Carpenter before his 100-yard rushing game that uh, Jake was able to catch up with him with, and Caleb Adams as well, uh, another senior for this team. 13 seniors being honored today on Senior Day. You get to hear from two of them right after this on the Bob and C's BP Amico Shops halftime show on your home for Blue Devils football. Welcome back in here to Donadona Williams Stadium. We're a couple minutes away from the kickoff and start of half number two, Stout and Platteville. We've had a good one today, 21 to 20. Stout with a one-point lead. The difference right now, a missed extra point. Stout with the uh, lion's share of good play early, but uh, boy, in the second quarter, you saw Platteville really assert their dominance on the, in the passing game. And uh, really, I mean, the storyline for me with Platteville's comeback is a big day from Tim Jansen so far. 199 yards receiving on 10 receptions. Uh, 56 was his long. And uh, Brett Geis is 19 of 27 for 272 yards and a touchdown. But it's been the Tim Jansen show. And it's been deep slants for the main part. The 56-yarder was kind of a, a fake slant up route down the sideline that uh, tricked the Devils. And they kind of sold out for that the rest of the half. And he was able to slant in and, and make some deep catches as well uh, throughout the rest of that half. So we'll see if Stout adjusts to that at all in the second half. For, for the Devils on offense, Sean Bogarding had uh, 12 fewer attempts than Geis in the first half, but he was 12 of 15, 215 yards and two touchdowns. Very, very efficient. He was sacked twice, however, in the first half. Levy Hamer leads the Stout receivers with six receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. Dustin Rondorf has three receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown as well. It's the rushing game that has been non-existent for Stout. Carpenter with 10 yards, Graham with seven. Now those are on five total carries. And Sean Bogarding has been sacked a few times. That's kind of taken away from his uh, total, but he does have a rushing touchdown on the game as well. Total stats look like this. 318 yards of total offense for Platteville on 45 plays, just 25 plays for Stout for 216 yards of total offense. 272 through the air for Platteville, 215 through the air uh, for Stout as well. First down, 16 for Platteville, 11 for Stout in the first half, and definitely more time of possession for the Pioneers. 18 minutes, 52 seconds, 11 minutes and 8 seconds for the Devils. And the other storyline, too, in this first half has been the penalties. And you know, They probably hurt Stout just a touch more than they have Platteville, but they've been pretty even, but a lot of penalty yards. I mean, we've seen a total of 172 
penalty yards between these two teams. 101 on six penalties for Stout and 71 on five penalties for Platteville. Now Stout will receive the ball to start off the second half, so that is certainly a positive, and we'll see if they can get a positive drive moving forward here against the Pioneers, who had two sort of dressing downs, if you will, by Mike Emmendorfer on the sideline after uh, two personal foul penalties that uh, kept the drive alive for Stout as they were trying to punt it away. Uh, they were had a little bit of talking to on the sideline, kind of a very sort of visual talking down to in front of the crowd. And then right at the end of the half, before they went to the halftime locker room, they all huddled around their coach, took a knee, and uh, got that uh, reception as well. So it will be Noel Gonzalez as well as Josh Nitek back to return the kick. On to kick this one away for Flatville is Sam Herkert here to start off the second half. And ready with a 21-20 lead for Stout. Here we go. There's the kickoff downfield toward Gonzalez. He's going to take it at the 8-yard line. Near side to the near hash. Now moves it up the sideline looking for a lane at the 25. Stays on his feet at the 27 and is taken down by a host of Pioneers right there at the 27-yard line. So a good return, not a great return for Gonzalez, who is uh, in the return game here for the first time this season. We've seen other guys, Heaven Hunt, Levy Hamer, and others return for Stout this season. But uh, Gonzalez is getting the... Uh, call today and who knows might be because it's a uh, senior day as well uh, that he's getting that uh, ability so we'll see if he or anybody else in the special teams can knock off some big returns you see penalties really hurt stout on the return game as well so that's been another spot uh, that stout's penalties have really hurt them backing them up deep in their own territory but this decent field position pretty much normal field position at the 27 bogarting takes the snap throws it over right side for hamer he overthrows his man an airmail there pressure coming from the uh, right side, part of the left side of the defense there and getting into the backfield, Alex Resney uh, to force that kind of a bad throw in the slant route to Hamer on the fake handoff to Carpenter and it's second and 10 from their own 27 yard line. 4.49 left to go here in the third quarter. It's been a bit of a long game here as well. We've seen a lot of scoring, a lot of penalties, a lot of discussions, a lot of incomplete passes. So it was a long first half in terms of actual time as Carpenter rolls out to the left side. Bogarting looking over the middle, throws it for Fossum. He juggles and makes a catch at the 37. Out across the 40 to the 42-yard line, and that is a 15-yard gain and a first down. Nice job by Fossum to keep control and keep concentration to make that catch. He was kind of thrown behind him, which I think was intentional by Bogarting. He was throwing it to the back shoulder to make sure that he made that reception cleanly, and it was away from the defender. Well, on the near side was Josh Wiseman. Eisman was helped out by uh, Huffsleen, the junior linebacker in the end as well. Fossum splits out wide right, Hamer in the slot to the right. Tyler Seymour is up behind Rondorf as sort of an offset fullback, if you will, in the pistol formation. Bogarting fakes the handoff. He's got to roll out right side, and he's horse-collared down. That's got to be a penalty. Now they call a, a sack at the 31-yard line. He was taken down by Clay Becker. Looked like a horse-collar tackle. I don't see an argument from the stout sideline, but it is a loss of 11 on the play. Bogarting needed to recognize that he beat his man there, did Becker on the blitz around the right edge. I thought he got taken down by the horse-collar there, but no penalty called, and it'll be second and 21 here for the Devils. There was definitely a hand in there. Maybe he didn't get dragged down. He kind of got pulled for a second, but then... Maybe let off just a bit, did Becker. So no harm, no foul, the uh, officials say. And they'll go with that same formation now. You're going to see two tight ends on the left side. Rondorf now moves left to right. Bogarting takes the snap, rolls right, looks downfield, still looking. Turns his head down there toward Hamer. It skips off the turf. It is caught or incomplete? Incomplete is the call. Did look like it skipped off the turf around the 46, 47-yard line. And that'll bring up third and 21 here for the Devils. And this has just been kind of the theme of the last... Now the second quarter, and uh, now to start off this 
third quarter as well, just kind of backing up and not really getting much momentum going offensively. There's some confusion here for Platteville right now, trying to get out their right uh, formation package. Stout seems to be fine now as you saw Tyler Seymour check in. Trying to go with either a two tight end set or not. Now they will get Seymour into the game. 13-28 left to play, and now they need to take the snap quickly. Bogarting does, and a flag comes in from the headlinesman on the far side. This is a false start going against the Devils. Let's get the official call. Before the snap, not all 11 players are set in formation. False start, offense, five-yard penalty. So it'll be a five-yard penalty backed out up to the 26, and they need the... Platteville 48-yard line for a first down. So it'll be second, or pardon me, third and 26 now for Stout. And they're going to go with a five-receiver look. No, pardon me, a four-receiver look, it looks like. Three receivers out to the right. Seymour, Hamer, and Gonzalez, and Fossum split out wide left. Ball in the middle hash. Back at the 26-yard line are the Devils. Bogarting in the shotgun. Platteville looking like they're going to bring some pressure here. They'll bring just three. Stepping up is Bogarting. He throws this one over the middle for Hamer. He airmails it, and it's intercepted back at the 43-yard line. Coming up with it here is Hupslane. He'll be at the 30 and then gets taken down across the 25 and into deep into South Territory to the 23-22 yard line is where they'll put him. And it is intercepted by the Pioneers. And so Stout... And Bogarding airmailing it there. He actually had Hamer open. You wonder if somebody had a hand up at the offensive and defensive line that maybe affected the trajectory of that pass. Just got away from Bogarding, and he throws what's his seventh interception of the season. And now Stout's defense is going to be backed up deep in their own territory, exactly how you couldn't start the second half. It does have a little bit of a feeling of the Platteville game from last year. You know, Stout had a 10-point lead at halftime going into the halftime locker room of that game, and uh, they just couldn't get anything going in the third quarter as Geist takes the snap, hands it off to Babbick right up the middle. He pushes a pile across the 20. Still on his feet at the 18 is where they're going to give him forward progress to. And then he finally gets thrown back by the rest of the Devils' defense. Levi Wolf was there along with Logan Peterson. And it is a four-yard gain up to the 18-yard line. Babbick has done a nice job today. The sophomore coming in with 256 yards of total uh, rushing. And I say nice because he's got two touchdowns. Now he only has... 26 yards rushing here on the game. Pardon me, 22 yards rushing on the game. But he's done it near the goal line. And now a little bit of trickeration here. Rolling right side is Kevin Johnson. He's going to run with it to the 15 to the 10. Gets a block at the 5 and has a touchdown on a little bit of an end around there. Around from the left edge from the slot. And it's a touchdown for Flatville. 26 to 21 with 12.30 left to play here in the third quarter. And we'll see if they end up wanting to go for two here to make it a 28-21 lead over Stout. It's their first lead of the game. Stout with that great start to the game, but they have not been able to get anything going here in the uh, last second quarter or the third quarter as well. And they are going to go for two. Geis gets the play from the sideline. 13 seconds on the play clock. They're going to have to get this off quickly. After lobby was going to come into the game. Now he's going to stay off the field. There are, yeah, there are 11 players down there, three. Two, one. They're not going to get the playoff here. It's delay a game. Should be. Well, they still are waiting. There's no timeout from the Platteville sideline. They'll take five yards here. And we'll get the call. Delay a game. Offense. Five-yard penalty. We replay the down. And now you would assume that they go for the extra point here. I don't know why you go for it when you're back at the seven, or pardon me, at the eight-yard line. But uh, they're going to keep the offense out here. I think that would be an automatic sort of let's go for the extra point then instead of two 
when they back you up to the eight, but they're gonna keep the offense on the field and they wanna go for two here. 12.30 left to go in the third quarter, 26 to 21 Platteville. After the interception, they take it right downfield. Two receivers left, nobody to the right. Geis looks left the entire way, still looks, gonna step up, now he gets pressured from the side. Logan Peterson chasing him down, gets his hand hit as he throws, it's incomplete. And the two-point conversion is no good. 26-21 Platteville lead. 12.30 left to go in the third quarter. We're back with a kickoff right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. Welcome back in here to Williams Stadium. It is now 26-21. Platteville with the lead over Stout as the ball blows off the tee before the kickoff. After the touchdown from Platteville, and again an 18-yard touchdown run, an end-around run, it was uh, taken in for Platteville by Kevin Johnson, 18-yarder was after the interception, which was uh, Reinhardt with the interception. My apologies, Tyler Reinhardt with the interception, not Travis Hubsley. Number 10, his fourth interception of the season for Platteville, a team that has now 11 interceptions on the season as a defense. So once again, Platteville ready to kick this one away. Nitek and Gonzalez back to return for Stout. Here comes a kick. It'll be taken by Gonzalez here near side at the nine-yard line. He'll move it up toward the near hash. Now cuts it upfield at the 20, 25. Now trying to get at the 30. Nice run here up to the 32-yard line. And again, a good return for Gonzalez. This time there's no flags on the return, and South's going to have good field position. So they got a first down on their first drive here in the third quarter, but then got backed up after a sack and uh, just weren't able to really get anything going there. And then they had third and long, and you saw Bogarting. He had an open man in Levy Hamer downfield close to the first down marker actually on a the third and 26, but he overthrew it, airmailed it to Tyler Reinhardt who got a great return deep into Stout territory and set up a pretty easy scoring drive for Platteville. So Stout now at the 32 yard line will try to get things going once again and just haven't had the offense going since. Be assessed at the end of the run. First down. Oh, they got offsides here on Platteville on the play. I did not see the flag at all. I'm still trying to look for it here on the sideline. They must have already picked it up. And so they mark off an extra five yards, put it up to the 37-yard line. So uh, Stout is all right with that return, and we're where they have the ball at the 37. From right to left they go here in the third quarter. Bogarting takes the snap. Rayshon Graham gets the handoff, moves right side. He will uh, hit the line and hit a couple of defenders up near the 40-yard line. They come forward progress to the 40 for a gain of three. And Rayshon Graham, the pounding back, is it back into the game? Doesn't have many rush attempts. That is just his third of the game. But then again, Carpenter only has three as well. Stout has relied heavily on the pass game. But remember, too, number of plays run. I mean, Stout at the halftime whistle had run 20 fewer plays than Platteville had. So Platteville with all that time of possession, just not a lot of time on the field here. They'll fake the handoff to Hamer. Now rolling left is Bogarting. He gets hit as he throws. Incomplete for Graham out of the backfield. Hit back there uh, by a slew of pioneers, including Jason Withrow. And it looked like Jackson McMahon was the other man to uh, send Bogarting to the turf, and that brings up third and seven. He just didn't have any time to get that pass away. Now they're going to get the play in here a little bit late getting in. Carpenter going to come in for Graham. Graham, again, he, you know, he got that ankle injury against River Falls, got rolled up on, and he has not quite looked the same since then. He's played a little bit last week against Whitewater, but just hasn't had the carries and the kind of gumption that he's had early on in the season. Here comes Platteville bringing the pressure. Bogarting back to pass. Pass for Hamer is incomplete. He led him just a bit too far. No flags on the play. Again, the pressure coming, and 
when Bogardin gets pressured, the accuracy just enough off that he's unable to kind of hit his receivers. That was a decent pass for Hamer, but again, not on Hamer. It did hit him in the hands, but it was kind of low and away from him there and sort of let him out to dry on a slant route. So Stout will have to punt this one away. McGee back to punt. He'll stand at his own about 25-yard line or so. And back to return this punt for Platteville. It'll be Travis Classy. Ball is the line of scrimmage, rather, is the 40-yard line. McGee takes the snap, and the kick is away. It's a wobbling end-over-end kick that is going to bounce and take a stout roll inside the 20, inside the 15, continues to roll down to the 12-yard line. So it ends up being a pretty decent punt there for uh, McGee of 38 yards, right about on his average, and backs Platteville up. But the defense is going to have to come up big. And, you know, South's defense has been on the field a lot today, and that might be part of the reason why Platteville's been able to pick them apart later on as this game continues to progress. And, you know, the wind is somewhat, it, it, I don't think it's affecting things too much here today, but it is certainly putting the American flag and the Blue Devils flag uh, out relatively stiffly, not terribly hard. I'd say maybe about a 10-mile-an-hour wind somewhere in there, and it is into the face of Platteville, so they'll have a with the wind moving from uh, south to north, from right to left in the fourth quarter. They move left to right here in the third. So Geis, the quarterback, two receivers left, one right. Snap taken. It is a handoff right up the middle to Studer, who lowers his shoulder at the 15. Doesn't get much more than that. Again, he's trying to take the contact and bounce off. He gets three yards on the play. And it'll be second and seven as Miller was able to step up and make the tackle. The freshman, or pardon me, the uh, sophomore linebacker the transfer from st thomas he's done a great job this season he's been a big addition in the linebacking core for stout really enjoyed watching him this season and he'll be a big uh, component next season as well here's a handoff and an option play geis is wrapped up in the backfield and taken down back at the 13 yard line that's a loss of two on the play stout all over it there and the reason why it was a tackle in the backfield is because studer was carried as well so vecchio was able to come up and make the play but out on the outside on the corner and kind of the containment there dilly was ready to put a hit on studer if he pitched it and he decided to keep it he kind of had to or else he'd put himself in pretty bad position put studer in a bad position as now Babbick has checked back into the game at running back. Two receivers left, two to the right on the near hash. Third and nine now for Platteville. They need this 22-yard line. Back to pass. He's got time. Throws it over the middle. It is caught at the 20, but not a first down. It should be forward progress to the 21 or so. And the pass is out to David Erke there, the freshman from Northfield, Minnesota. He's a yard short of the first down marker, and Platteville will have to punt this one away. Good coverage downfield. Gave him enough to get the reception, but not enough for the first down. As Levy Hamer will come out as the punt returner here for Stout. And back to punt this one. For Platteville will be Connor Foley and the senior from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So Foley stands at his own six-yard line. Hamer at his own 40. Line of scrimmage is the 21. 9.43 left to go third quarter. It's Platteville 26, Stout 21. Snap taken. Here comes the pressure. Stout does not get there. They pull up nicely to avoid any kind of penalties. Hamer takes it at the 34-yard line. Now going to move from the 35 to the 36. Moves it up near the 40-yard line, but Platteville's all over him, and it's about a six-yard return or so in the end and a very, very good punt. And uh, I think just kind of well done all the way around. 45-yard punt in the end, and uh, Hamer with six-yard return. Stout's got it at their own 40-yard line. So pretty good field position. they got to get something going here as they just have not had any uh, semblance of offense here lately. You know, look at it at the end of the first quarter. Stout had 135 yards of total offense. Since then, 
Well, they've had a total of 88 yards of offense. So, you know, 223 yards offense, you're thinking, okay, that's pretty good against a pretty good defense in Platteville, but uh, it has kind of gone away since that first quarter. As Sean Bogarting is in the shotgun, two receivers out to the right. He's got Carpenter off to his right as the back. Now he'll roll out to the right side. Bogarting back to pass, throws it over the middle, caught by Hamer at the 45, up to the 47, and then he's met there by a host of Platteville pioneers, including the free safety Tyler Reinhardt. It's a gain of seven. And it'll make it second and three here for the Devils. And make sure you tune in later tonight. Oklahoma is in Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We'll have coverage from Compass Media Sports Networks at 6.30 this evening. We mentioned Minnesota is uh, hosting the Lions tomorrow. And we will have the Green Bay at New England game here on Newstock WMEQ, courtesy of Westwood One at 6.30 tomorrow night as well. So make sure you tune in all weekend for plenty of football action as Bogarting takes a snap, handoff up the middle to Carpenter. He is grabbed from behind and taken down for no gain, maybe a half a yard on the play, but a great job jumping up by Dylan Smith, the defensive lineman sophomore from Flossmoor, Illinois. And he's able to make a tackle for no gain. Carpenter unable to really get started there. See Nate Merdute in the game, the sophomore from Glenwood City at uh, the tight end spot blocking on that play but well, Carpenter not able to get much now 18 on the play clock, Bogarting needs to dial up the right play here, third and three they need the 50 for a first down Carpenter's off to his right Hamer goes in motion across the formation Bogarting takes a snap, throws it out to Fossum incomplete, threw it behind him on the slant route, again the timing just a little bit off and again the pressure certainly looked like it affected him there and that was Jack Golnick, the sophomore who comes in to put a little bit of pressure on Bogarting and the pass again just to the back shoulder and off the mark from Fossum and once again Stout gonna have to punt this one away and we're in a, a kind of a field position game at the moment and Stout is winning that field position game they just have to hope it doesn't get flipped on him here once again back to receive the punt Travis Classy and McGee standing at his own 33 yard line line of scrimmage is the 47. Platteville will not bring much pressure. This is a beautiful spiraling punt into the wind. Fair caught back at the six-yard line there. Stout was back, but I'm not sure they would have been able to down that inside the five. So that's a bit of a dangerous decision there. It ends up being a pretty good punt there. Of 49 yards officially. So, or pardon me, 47 yards officially. And so pretty good punt back to the seven-yard line. And Platteville will take over there. So, again, we're playing the field position game here with 8.03 left to play in the third quarter. And Platteville leading 26-21. to 21. McGee, one of his better punts, and that was, uh, again, with the wind a bit. So the wind certainly helping him out. But I didn't think, you know, I thought that ball was likely going to bounce into the end zone. Just kind of the wind pushing it, and it was hit relatively high, but I think it had a little bit of line drive to it. Nonetheless, it is fair caught. Now two receivers right, one left here for Geis. Geis in the shotgun. He's going to roll to his right, looks downfield. Now looks over to the left side. He wants to go deep downfield. This is way overthrown for his intended receiver, David Erke, and incomplete. A little bit of misdirection there. Good coverage downfield from Kier Rhodes. And Levi Wolf, a strong safety coming over to potentially help out as well. Misdirection, they look like some out routes to the right side, then he stops and plants and looks for his receiver back the other way. A good play design, just well covered there by Stout. Two receivers right, one to the left. It is a handoff right side to Babbick. Babbick will push forward, not get much. Still trying to wrestle away from the tacklers there, but the eight-yard line is all he'll get, maybe a yard. You see Dylan Peterson popping up along with others. Bradley Myers, the senior, who was in on the tackle. And it will be a gain of one 
to make it third and, uh, we'll call it third and eight. They're going to give him up to the nine-yard line, they'll say. Needing about the 17-18, somewhere in there for a first down. Looks like the down marker is right in between the 17 and 18-yard line for the first down. Three receivers right, one left here for Brett Geis. 7.20 left to play in the third quarter. Takes a snap, looks left the entire way. Now he's being pressured. He steps up and he gets hit at the five. It's both Peterson and who else was it? It was Aaron Weiskup, and he comes up and runs out, gets high fives from all his teammates there. That'll be a sack, a loss back to the six-yard line. And Platteville going to have to punt it away. So deep in their own territory, back at the six. 26-21 Pioneers. And once again, again, this is a, that sort of dangerous territory here for Connor Foley and company, a special teams unit that's been suspect this season. Foley stands about a yard, yard and a half away from the back end of the end zone. Hamer is standing at the Platteville 45-yard line awaiting the punt. Here's a snap. The kick is away. Boy, it took him a little while to get that one away. It's a spiral that will be taken at the Stout 47-yard line, and it was fair caught by Hamer, in fact. The gunners were coming down there quickly. I'm not sure he needed to fair catch that one, but he did. And at the 47, Stout takes over at their own 47-yard line. 47-yard punt is uh, where it will be officially tallied. A good punt as well from Foley. Oh, look at the other scores around the WIAC as we're past the 3 o'clock hour here on News Talk WMEQ AM880 Menominee, translator W292EG 106.3 FM Eau Claire, and iHeartRadio station about to get underway at Carson Park, and Oshkosh and Eau Claire tied at 7 at halftime. Big score line there, lacrosse leading River Falls 26 to nothing, and Whitewater is all over Stevens Point 45 to 7 with 5 minutes left to play in the third quarter of that game. Well, back here at Stout, two receivers left. It's Sean Bogarding in the shotgun formation. He will fake the handoff to Carpenter. Back to pass, looking deep. He's hit as he throws. He looks for Hamer. He is up, and he makes... No, it's incomplete. He rips it away from the defender at the last moment at about the 23-yard line. Thought for a moment it could be an interception there by Josh Mackey, the strong safety. But uh, Hamer did a nice job kind of playing center field there, and I actually thought where he jumped up and saw the ball, he had a chance to make that reception on an underthrown ball, and you, you don't question why it was underthrown because Bogarding was under pressure once again and the offensive line has struggled to keep the pressure from getting to Bogarding really in the second quarter and in this third quarter as well. 6.23 rather left to play here in the third. It's Stout down by five and there's offside. Now Bogarding's got a free play. They're going to go deep down the far sideline. He's got a man. That's Seymour. It is caught at the 15-yard line. First down Devils. It's offside. This ball, this penalty rather will be declined and Seymour with a big reception all the way to the 13-yard line. A 40-yard reception. Oh, the market, yeah, for the 13-yard line, 40-yard reception. Officials will uh, pick up the flags here. They're already running it downfield. Offside, defense number 18. This penalty is declined. Results play is a first down. You wonder if Sean Bogarding's a big fan of uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's the Aaron Rodgers special there. Get somebody in a hard count offside and then take a free play and launch it downfield. And Seymour recognized that too. He said, all right, off we go. And he just started running down the far sideline and made the catch. So finally some momentum for Stout as Bogarding in the shotgun. He's got Carpenter in the pistol behind him. He will hand it off to Carpenter. Right side, good hold of the 10. Stays on his feet at the 7 and then gets hit backwards and they'll give him forward progress right at the 7-yard line. Pretty good gain of 7 there on first down. Maybe 6, depending on where they mark it. 
Oshlin was there on the tackle, but a good gain on first down to make it second and four for Stout. Stout looks to the sideline here and awaits the call from their coaches and their coaching staff. Finally get it in with 16 on the play clock. Bogarting, make sure his uh, line knows. You see Nate Merdude is a third tight end in, along with Joe Smith, tight end from South St. Paul. Hamer is the only wideout in the formation. He goes in motion, and they fake the handoff on the end around to him. Now Bogarting rolls to his left, looking to throw, gets pressured, needed to get rid of it, and instead he's wrapped up and gets taken down for a sack back at the 16-yard line. Big loss on the play of nine. Bogarting needed to throw that one away when there was nothing open, and good pursuit there as well by Donovan Nathaniel. And it's a sack back to the 16. So, again, you see a little bit of the freshman here in Bogarting. He's been very good all season long, don't get me wrong, and he continues to learn. But, you know, the more those types of plays happen, the more he'll learn as he becomes a sophomore and junior to throw that ball away. And now it is a third and long, third and 13 now. They need the three for a first down back at the – a ball, rather, at the 16. Another offside here. Bogarting going to go for the end zone over for Fossum in the corner, up for it, and incomplete. It's overthrown. And this should be offside, I believe, on Platteville. He took a free play again, and they'll mark off five more yards after the incompletion. Offsides, defense number eight, five-yard walk-off, third down. So this will make it about a third and eight now for Stout. They'll move it up to about the 12-yard line, I believe. They'll mark it now right about the 11-yard line. So at the 11. Three receivers right, one left here for Stout as they look to the sideline to get the play. 26-21, Platteville with the lead on Stout. 4.38 left to play here in the contest. Bogarting in the shotgun, three receivers right, one left. He's got Carpenter to his left. Look to see if Platteville is going to bring the pressure. There it is. There comes the blitz. He needs to get rid of it. He does over the middle. Incomplete. Gonzalez, it was thrown well, kind of low. It was a tough play, but a play I'm sure Gonzalez would tell you that he should have made. And now Drew Pearson's going to come on to attempt the field goal. Thrown low. Gonzalez just couldn't get down low enough to get it. He didn't skip it to him. It hit him in the hands, but it, again, it was down near his ankles right at the goal line on a slant route. And Bogarting unable to complete it. Gonzalez unable to make the catch. So on to attempt the extra point with the, or pardon me, the field goal rather, with the wind is Pearson. This should be about a 28-yarder from the near hash. Bogarting is the holder. Zeke in the long snapper. Snap spot. Kick is up. It's blocked. Blocked and into the end zone. And we'll see who got a hand on it there. I think it was number 95 for Flatville Golnick. And Golnick gets a hand on it. Second week in a row that Platt, that uh, a team against Stout has blacked a field goal. Saw Whitewater do it as well. That's one of the things, too. Platteville, that's their 11th blocked kick of the season. That's uh, leading the league in that category. So gets a hand on it there. Pearson without a, enough height on that kick. And no points on the board. So 428 left to play here in the third quarter. Platteville maintains a five-point lead. And they'll bring it out to the 20-yard line, I believe. And their convenient local on a touchback there, and Platteville will have it at their own 20. So, you know, the field changing a bit here. Platteville with some better field position, but still not great at their own 20. Three receivers, right one left for Geis. I don't know if it was 95. I think it might 
See who ended up getting through there is a snap taken. Handoff right up the middle. Big hole here for Studer, left side to the 25. Cuts it up at the 30 to the 35 on the far sideline. And now a flag comes in late. Looks like it could be holding downfield. Sean Studer carries. Officially a gain of about 17, but I think they're going to bring it back on a hold downfield. Still will make it first and pretty manageable with where that flag is if it's holding. Make it about first and eight because it was so far downfield. But one of the receivers looked like he was holding. Personal foul, nope. face mask, defense number four, 15-yard penalty, first down. Oh, they got Kier Rhodes for a face mask there, so my uh, my apologies. I thought it's in the area of holding where they threw it, but Rhodes got a hand out and grabbed a face mask. So 15 yards, they mark it off, and it's into stout territory at the 48-yard line is where they marked that one, too. So 17 yards plus another 15 for the face mask penalty. And stout now has seen the field flip, and Platteville with good field position into Stout territory. First and 10 at the Stout 48. Three receivers right, one left. Ball far hash. Geis takes the snap. It is a keeper on the left edge, and he's wrapped up in the backfield and dropped by, by, oh, man. That was Jason Dilly who came in, and he got a pumped his fist there along with Aaron Weiskup. Big loss of four back to the Platteville 48-yard line. Boy, he was pumped up on that tackle for loss. That is his sixth and a half tackle for loss on the season for Dilly. 26 to 21, Platteville leads. Second and 14 now for the Pioneers. Stout sideline, stout fans trying to chant, trying to do something to get this team into it. Just trying to finally come through with some points with something positive. Maybe a big defensive play, a turnover, something like that. Two receivers left, two to the right. Stepping up his guys, throws it over the middle, incomplete, way over the head of Donald Allender on a bit of an out route there. And That'll be third and 14 now coming up. Remember, we talk about Platteville losing at home to Eau Claire, and they lost by a pretty big margin in that game. Uh, seven turnovers in that game that the Blue Golds were able to force. And go figure that uh, Platteville just all out of sorts that game. They had three different quarterbacks. Like I said, they brought in Caleb Hansen in the pregame show. They brought in Caleb Hansen as a receiver in a quarterback, too. So they've been really going through, but it looks like Geis has given him a good option as he takes a snap on third and 14. Second out left side. It is caught at the 40-yard line, but not much else. There is a flag, however, in the backfield. This is either a late hit or a hold. It is a completed pass of 12 yards to the 40, and it is holding, I believe, on Platteville. Looks like they're going to get Robert Otto the left tackle, and I would think that with knowing that Platteville goes for it a lot, you're going to back him up here, even though it would be fourth Holding. down. Offense number 61, 10 yards penalty from the previous spot. Third down. Yeah, I think this is the right call. Fourth and two or third and forever. And I think third and forever is the right way to go here because you want to force them into a punt. Fourth and two, they're going for it. And, you know, the prospect is about a 50% conversion, I think, in that case. Maybe even a little bit higher because it's such a fourth and short situation. Three receivers right, one left here for Platteville. 3-11 left to play in the third quarter. 26-21, Pioneers lead. At their own 38-yard line after the penalty. They'll send Studer in motion. Now running with it here is Geis. He will take it up to the 40-yard line. Not much more. He's driven back by Mason Olson after a gain of two, maybe three, to the 41. And now Platteville will have to punt it away, so a good decision to take the holding call. And Platteville's punting unit will make it out there. Levy Hamer is ready to... Run out onto the field to return this punt. They've had some pretty solid punts so far in this game by Connor Foley. And he'll try to continue it here. 
Foley stands at his 26-yard line. Hamer back at his own 20. Punting from left to right from north to south. Here are Platteville in this third quarter. Snap taken. Here is the punt, and it is almost blocked by Finelli. It's not a good punt. It's going to go out of bounds on the far sideline. Had a bit of a hook spin on it near the 36-yard line, I believe. And Stout will have pretty good field position here on just a 23-yard punt in the end. 37-yard line to make a 22-yard punt here for Platteville. So good job by Finelli to get some pressure there. Boy, he was very close to getting a block. Took a great angle, too, to make sure that he didn't get called for roughing the kicker and make contact with him as well. So the 37 is where Stout takes over. You look at it, Bogarting now 15 of 26 with an interception, two touchdowns, 277 yards through the air. And Stout just has to figure out that big play. They got a good one to Seymour on the last drive on a uh, offside penalty, a kind of a free play. As Seymour goes in motion, they fake the handoff on the end around to him, rolling out his Bogarting, looking down for Rondorf. He'll launch that one in the air, but he overthrows him. He had Rondorf behind the defense, but he threw it a little bit too far. Eric Seidenberg was the linebacker in coverage of him. It was the right idea, but Bogarting just overthrew it. And with 2.07 left to play in the third quarter, a second and 10 now coming up for Stout. This game has kind of gone into a holding pattern here of sorts. Both teams just kind of punting back and forth, trying to feel out the other one. Not really a lot of big plays outside of that Seymour catch in this third quarter. Trying to figure out what uh, is going to do it. Now another hard count, another offside free play here. Bogarting is going to launch this one down the far sideline. It is up and incomplete. But five yards are going to get marked off. It'll be the third time that Platteville's called for offsides here in this quarter. And again, it'll make it second and five here for Stout as they'll move it up to the 42-yard line. Offside of the defense, number 99, five-yard penalty, second down. Bryce Arneson is called for the offside penalty. So that now makes it 10 penalties against Platteville in this game. For 101 yards, eight penalties against Stout for 121 yards. And like I said, I think the ne next year we got to make sure we get a laundromat on as a sponsor for this game because it has been laundry day here at Williams Stadium, not senior day as much. 201 left to play in the quarter. Screen set up here for Hamer on the near side. It was an off-thrown ball, though. Catch is made at the 40-yard line to the 41, not much more. to be a one-yard loss. The screen was set up. You saw all the pressure coming up the middle from Platteville, but that throw was just off the mark from Bogarding, and Hamer had to adjust so much to get to it that by the time he came down, Platteville had already kind of collapsed to him. If he hits him in stride there and kind of leads him nicely, Hamer could probably pick up the first down, but instead it's a one-yard loss to the 41, and that brings up third and six first down. Trying to win on senior day. Haven't beat Platteville in some time, and Platteville holds the... All-time record against them, 37-23-1. and 23 and one. They lead the all-time series as Bogarding takes the snap, is pressured, rolls out of it, stays on his feet, got to throw this one away. He'll throw it out to no one in particular. I think Fossum was close, and he was hit hard on the play. No flag as well as he got kind of launched in the air back to the 26. Fossum was close by. The line judge is going to come up here and talk, but I don't think this is going to be uh, grounding. It looked like Fossum was certainly close enough. And they're going to... Boy, the officials are talking about it here. Oh, wow. Fossum was there. They're going to call grounding here on Bogarding. Fossum was, was within five yards of the ball. Birmingham is out. I don't know if he's going to get an explanation here from Kent Holmquist. I thought Fossum was close enough. I guess it's sort of up in the judgment of the officials. 
Bogarting was hit as he threw as well. And I think, I don't know, Birmingham is arguing that the ball got past the line of scrimmage. I don't think it did. But Fossum was close. Intentional grounding, offense. Ball would be spotted at the place of the pass. This includes a loss of downs, it'd be fourth down. So they're going to call grounding. Again, I thought Fossum was close enough, and Birmingham is right in the ear of the line judge who threw the flag. And uh, he's getting an explanation that he uh, does not agree with by far. So the ball's backed up all the way to the 29-yard line, and that ends up being a pretty big loss. Let's see. 12 yards, I do believe, on the play. And a loss of down. So fourth down, McGee to punt. He's going to stand at his own 15. 110 left to play in the third quarter. Stout still trailing 26 to 21. And it looks like Platteville's going to bring the house here. Comes some pressure, but now they back off. McGee gets away a wobbling spiral that will bounce again at the 30 and take a stout bounce inside the 25, inside the 20. It keeps rolling to the 16-yard line. Well done by McGee on that punt. Now 34 plus 21 does what? 55-yarder? That's a pretty good punt for him. Now Platteville back at their own 16. And again, we went from a, a half that had a lot of offense on it to a half that hasn't had much at all. Hey, look at the numbers. Platteville had 318 yards of total offense coming in uh, to the start of this third quarter, and they've only had 45 yards of offense in the second half. Stout has had 50 yards of total offense in the uh, third quarter. So it has been a field position defensive struggle here in the third quarter. But uh, Platteville still with the lead, 26-21. to 21. Handoff right up the middle to Studer. And not much Johnston more than that, carries. up to the 18 about a gain of two, maybe three on first down. And Platteville, again, is uh, content to try to uh, run some clock here with now 38 seconds left to play in the third quarter. They'll have to snap it at least one more time, depending on an incomplete pass here in this third quarter. I believe Babbick just checked in for Suter at the running back spot. Geis takes the snap, swings it out left side. It is incomplete, underthrown there. Didn't have a good grip, it looked like, when he let go of the ball. Incomplete intended for Donald Allender, and that will bring up third and eight, and the clock stops on the incompletion, so there will be at least one more play here. 23 seconds left to play in the third quarter, and Stout team is uh, encouraging and imploring the sideline to get into it here. A good crowd filed in. It was a little sparse right near kickoff, about five, ten minutes before, but they came in a little bit late. Pretty good crowd on hand now here at Stout. Third and eight. They need the 26-yard line for a first down. Ball at the 18. Back to pass is Geis. Looks left the entire way. Here comes the pressure. Trying to get around it is Peterson. Can't get there. Now Geis rolls out to the left. Tries to square up. Throws it downfield. Throws it out of bounds. That'll be all the way onto the softball field there. And we'll lose a game ball. But it'll bring up a fourth down. And the incompletion again stops the clock. So Stout will get the ball back before the end of this third quarter. 13 seconds left to play in it. Platteville. With six points in the third quarter, that's the only scoring we've seen so far in this second half. And it was on a, a kind of a turnover, points off of turnover. A third and long, and Bogarting threw a ball too far, far for Levy Hamer that was picked off by Tyler Reinhardt. And they were able to uh, return it pretty well and get a pretty easy score. So once again, here comes the punt, and the pressure being brought but not getting there. Hamer to come up and receive it at the 45, and he goes down. He didn't really play that ball too well in the air and goes down right at the 45-yard line is where they'll give him uh, the reception. Seven seconds left to go in the third quarter. Once again, the punt from Connor Foley. 
Stout has had good field position here in the second half. They just haven't been able to take advantage of it. So 366 yards of offense for Platteville in the game, 266 for the Devils. I'm trying to think of the best uh, analogy for this third quarter, but boy, it's uh, it's been something. It's like I mean, it's like a it's like a summer bus ride with the Express. It just feels like it's never going to end, and nothing's really happening. Which kind of is the feeling you have. Hamer going to go in motion. It's a handoff to Carpenter left side across the 45, and he spins across midfield to the 49-yard line. That's a gain of six, and that'll take us to the fourth quarter. It'll be a second and four for Stout into Platteville territory, down 26-21, to 21, starting off the fourth quarter right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. This season here as part of UW-Stout coverage on News Talk WMEQ on AM 880 and 106.3 FM and WMEQ.com, iHeartRadio as well. Again, just download the iHeartRadio app, search for UW-Stout Blue Devils. You can listen back to previous games, coach interviews, and more right there on demand on the iHeartRadio app and on our website at WMEQ.com. Well, it's the start of the fourth quarter. Let's see if we can get some offense here from either side. It would be nice to see it from the Devils, certainly, as they've got the ball in a second and four at the Platteville 49-yard line. Hand off to Hamer on the end around. Cuts it upfield. Now he's got a first down. He's got a lane at the 35 to the 30 on the near side. He's taken down by the last defender downfield. A tackle is made by Drew Hoff, but not after he gets up to the 25-yard line on a 24-yard gain. First down, Blue Devils. You saw Clayton Birmingham working the officials in the interim between quarter three and quarter four. And I'm sure asking about a couple of penalties that were called. There's been a lot of penalties in this game. Been pretty even, but uh, still pretty pretty ugly between both teams in terms of that sense. As Hamer will uh, again fake the end around. They'll hand it off to Carpenter up the middle, and there's nothing there. That probably is a loss on the play. Good tackle by Ben Mogilevsky. Stopped by Ben Mogilevsky. And he'll get it just to the uh, back to the 25. They'll give him officially no gain on the play. 26-21 Platteville over Stout. We've seen a missed field goal as well, a blocked field goal by Platteville that would have uh, made it just a two-point game back in the third quarter as well. Bogarding again with that big set. Nate Merduda's lined up behind Rayshon Graham. Bogarding is going to pump. Now he's going to step up. He'll go toward the end zone for Hamer. He's up. It is incomplete. Flag on the play. Pass interference. He never turned around. Did Anthony Metallo. And this will be placed in a 15-yard penalty and a first down coming up for Stout. Great job by Bogarding to step up in the pocket and get around the pressure. They have been bringing it all day and Matalo is going to be called for the pass interference. We'll get the official call here from Ken Holmquist. Underthrown ball. Hamer came back to it nicely, and it put him in a terrible spot to make that pass interference penalty. Still awaiting. Defensive pass interference, number 23. 15-yard penalty, first down. So it is 15 yards. Again, it's not half the distance to the goal on pass interference. They'll mark it all the way up to the 10. It should be first and goal here for Stout. They'll put the sticks down, and at the 10-yard line, Stout's 10 yards away from taking the lead back on a touchdown here. Hamer will split out wide left, Fossum wide right. Rondorf will line up as a fullback left side. Bogarding has Graham behind him, and the other tight end up on the line for Stout is Joe Smith, the sophomore from South St. Paul. 
Bogarting takes the snap, looks left the entire way for Hamer. Pump fake, now he's going to go toward the back of the end zone, up and batted away, but Matalo was there to, I believe, hold again. This should be holding, I think, is going to be the call. Looked like it was the flag was thrown before the pass was thrown. And they'll mark off, I think, half the distance to the goal and give Stout another first down, unless Hamer is going to be called for something here. But it looks like it's holding. In fact, Thomas Robles has already told us the left tackle for Stout. Holding. Defense number 23, half the distance to the goal, first down. So another holding call. This will make it a first and goal at the five now as they mark off five yards. And Stout has it once again. So I'll give him another chance here. And again, Matalo was uh, just not really able to defend Hamer out there. Hamer is a shifty type of receiver. Like he gets in the craw of a lot of defensive backs. Is Bogarting in the shotgun. To his right, he's got Graham. He'll take the snap. It's a little fade route to the corner of the end zone. Seymour goes up. He's got it, but he is out of bounds. In fact, he drops it in the end here on the near corner. On the south end zone to our right. A little bit overthrown there. Good coverage as well, but the throw is certainly not good enough from Bogarding. And it's incomplete. Second and goal from the five. Really don't want to settle for a field goal here. It'd be all right if you'd made that field goal earlier, but again, there was a block uh, from Platteville on that play. And now Bogarting in the shotgun. Rondorf moves from the right to the left side of the line. Graham is the back. Two receivers left, one right. Bogarting with a hard count, takes a snap. It is a handoff to Graham. Right side. He's got a hole. Spins out of a tackle at the one. And he's down there. I should say spun out of it at the four. And he fell down to Michigan about the Graham one. Carries. Just inside That's the two is where they're going to mark him, where his knee went down. And, and now you're going to see Smith as well as Merdute check in. And they'll go with the three tight end set once again for Stout. Hamer is the only receiver in there. And Graham stays in as the back. Rayshon Graham with four touchdowns this season. He has been hobbled with injuries the last couple of weeks. It's a third and goal from the two-yard line. And Bogarting is in the shotgun. Merdute is the fullback slash tight end lined up to the right of Bogarting. In the pistol, he's got Graham behind him. It is a handoff to Graham. Right side, he's got a hole. He is in. Touchdown! Devils take back the lead 27 to 26 with 13.06 left to play in the ballgame. Rayshon Graham with his fifth touchdown of the season. And boy, isn't that nice to see for Rayshon Graham, who's been, again, fighting through that ankle injury. And he's able to get in and pound his way in for six. And now Stout's going to go for two in this situation. Some people might argue it's a little bit early to go for two, but I think that, you know, the sort of new school on this is for teams to go for two in these situations as they're going to get some extra subs in and the officials are going to reset the play clock. 13.06 left to play. The two-point conversion unit out. It is Carpenter is the back now. Same formation that they ran Graham with to get the touchdown. Hamer is the only receiver out left side. Hamer goes in motion. Snap is taken. They'll fake the handoff to Carpenter. It is toward Rondorf in the end zone. Caught. Two-point conversion is good. And again, the same play that he scored a touchdown on earlier today. Got behind the secondary. And he's in. So the two-pointer is good. 29-26. South with the lead over Platteville. 13.06 left to play. We're back in 30 seconds on News Talk WMEQ. And welcome back here at... Donadona Williams Stadium Stout regains the lead 29 to 26 over Platteville. It's their first score since the 11:37 mark of the second quarter. And then they convert the two-point conversion after a two-yard Rayshon Graham touchdown run. It's Dustin Rondorf with the reception in the end zone from Sean Bogarding. And now Stout back with a three-point lead. So Platteville, who has now struggled since that 
opening drive of the third quarter after the interception Bogarting threw. Again, remember, it was only a 25-yard drive in the end for them. So they haven't had a ton of yards in the second half. They're going to have to get it going on offense, and they'll be looking for a big return here from either uh, Babick or Kevin Johnson. So it is Pearson to kick this one away from left to right. It will be taken by Babick and about at the 10-yard line. Here comes a return to the 15 to the 20. Looks for a lane down the near side of the 25, and he will stay in bounds across the 30 and then be taken down by Peterson at the 34, 33-yard line is where they'll mark him. 23-yard return, good field position here for Brett Geis and company as Platteville comes out trying to avoid their first four-game losing streak in quite some time. The three-game losing streak that they have is their longest since 2009. They've been one of the, you know, the big three. You know, if you watch Premier League soccer, you know that for a long time there was the big four in Premier League soccer: the Manchester United's, Chelsea's, those kind of teams. And the Wyack in football, it's been the same way. It's been Oshkosh, Whitewater, and Platteville for a long time. And the lacrosses, Stouts, and those kind of teams have been trying to break in. And Platteville is certainly kind of faltering this season. And there's a chance for one of those teams to drop and get into the top three as there's a pass over the middle. It is caught uh, by Johnson, and he'll get it out to the 43-yard line for a part 42-yard line for a gain of nine and a first down. Johnson also hobbling a little bit as he gets up from that reception. Geis with a nice pass there. So you know, it's, it's kind of a battle right now for who's going to take that third or fourth spot in the WIAC this season. Remember, Stout was picked to finish fifth in the WIAC this year. And right now, Lacrosse and Oshkosh are three and two behind Whitewater, who's five and zero. Oh, but there's a slew of teams at two and three, including Stout. So there's a handoff to Studer right up the middle. He doesn't have it. He got pushed back a yard. It's a tackle for loss, and coming up right up the middle to make the play once again is Jason Dilly, the senior. He's having himself a senior day, folks. To the 40-yard line, that's a loss of two, and it'll be third and three now here for the Pioneers. So you got Platteville, Stout, River Falls, Stevens Point, all at two and three in conference. So a chance to move up to the 500 mark in conference play and put yourself you know, right at that kind of fourth spot, maybe third spot, depending on what happens across the rest of the WIAC today. Two receivers left, three to the right. Empty backfield here for Geis. Third and three from the 40-yard line. Geis takes the snap, back to pass, looking left. Nothing there. Now he's going to roll. Stout's after him. Apalabi puts the pressure on him. He gets hit, now steps up at the 35, throws downfield. It is bottled incomplete. There are flags on the play. Looks like holding on Otto. And now another late flag. Another one coming in. I don't know on who or for what. They got Weiss Cup for a foul? I have no idea. Another late flag came in from Kent Holmquist. I think you've got holding, and you might have something unsportsmanlike after the play. And uh, I'm, I have no idea what it's going to be, folks. I like to be able to predict penalties. I've officiated many times, so I like to be able to say that, but I have no clue. There's holding is the call here. And they're asking Coach Birmingham if he wants to accept it. And I, we'll see. It'd be about fourth and three if they decline it. It's a question of whether Platteville is going to go for it. 11.38 left to play. Here in the game. Holding. Offense number 61. The offense, this penalty is declined be fourth down. So, yeah, they're going to take the incompletion and make it fourth down. Platteville's at their own 40. Now the question is, do they want to go for it here? They have struggled at times to convert fourth downs early on in the game. Convention would say to punt it here, but you wouldn't be surprised if Platteville tried to go for it. Now the punting team will make their way out onto the field. So the punting unit is out. Connor Foley will come out, and Foley's actually got his hands in the air. I don't know if he knows what the formation is or if they want to fake it here or what the case is. 
They haven't started the play clock yet after the penalties. Now Foley's going to trot out there. Long snapper Drew Rakers comes up to the ball. It is Hamer back to return this one for Stout. 29 to 26 Stout with the lead. Be careful of a fake here. You just get the feeling that it could be coming from the Pioneers. It is taken, and Foley will get this one away. A spiraling kick toward the near sideline. It will be caught on the near sideline out of bounds by Justin Herbst. He's got good hands over there. Let's see where they end up marking it here. The official's still coming up 27, 28 yard line is where they end up marking it. So it's a 32 yard punt in the end for Foley. Not very good with the win. And good field position for Stout. Could have been much worse for the Devils. Again, next week we'll be on the road at Oshkosh. I do believe Chad Zutter will be with me for that one. Thought he was going to be with me today, but not the case. Stout will take on the Titans for the final game of the season. That's a two o'clock kickoff. We'll be on the air at 140. Uh, to bring it to you. And then remember, coming up on Tuesday, November 13th, St. Olaf at Stout at Johnson Fieldhouse Women's Basketball. We start off our basketball coverage with some non-conference action. Looking forward to uh, bringing you that game as well in the uh, Coach Iverson era starting for the Devils. Here's Bogarting taking the snap on a first and 10 over for Hamer. It is caught at the, no, they say he did not complete it, did hit the turf at the 34-yard line. I thought he made the catch. Hamer then popped up and looked at the officials and said, wait a minute. I don't see a huge argument here from the stout sideline. Maybe he was trying to uh, sell it to the headlinesman who was not having any of it. And it's incomplete, second and ten. Now Whitewater still all over Stevens Point. 59-7, to seven, four and a half minutes left to go in that game. River Falls is trailing 26-7 to seven to lacrosse. And we'll try to get you an update on the uh, Eau Claire Oshkosh game. Bogarting. We'll take the snap here, hand off to Carpenter, right up the middle, there he goes. He's got a big hole across the 35, stayed on his feet up to the 40, and he's got a 13-yard gain on the first down on second and 10. How about it? Look at that. Oshkosh goes down to Eau Claire today, 20-14. to The Blue Golds get the win over the Titans. The Titans now drop to 3-3 three and three in conference and 5-4 and four overall. Eau Claire picks up their second conference win. I believe that's the first time since... Uh, uh, the late 2000s that they've done that. And they'll be up to four and five on the season. Snap taken here by Bogarting. A handoff right side to Carpenter. He doesn't have much. Back to loss of one on the play as Platteville is all over him to make the stop. Jordan Zilber is the one who is uh, called for the tackle. And it's a loss of one back to the 40-yard line. I didn't make sure we get that score correct. Eau Claire 20, Oshkosh 14. It was 7-7 at halftime. Eau Claire scored 10 in the third quarter. Added a field goal as well in the fourth. Oshkosh is only able to muster a touchdown in the third. 10-28 left to play here in the ball game at Stout and Williams Stadium. It's the Blue Devils 29, Platteville 26, a second and 10 from the 41. Bogarting will roll to his left, back to pass, throws it downfield for Hamer, caught at the 49-yard line into Platteville territory, and he will make a run out to the 47, and I thought an 11-yard gain and a first down. First out. 48-yard line is where they mark it into Platteville territory. Touchdown will go a long way here in trying to secure a win for Stout on senior day. How about that? Big upset there in Eau Claire to take out Oshkosh this afternoon. Now River Falls has added another touchdown, 26-14. Lacrosse with the lead. 
Here's Vogerning taking the snap, rolling to the right, looking for Hamer. Pump fakes, now rolls again. He'll throw this one deep down the near sideline. Hamer going up. Oh, it's incomplete, but a foul. A flag on the play at the 12-yard line right through his hands. He's probably feeling like he should have caught that one. Again, it's Anthony Metallo, the senior, in coverage downfield. And if this is pass interference, it'll be the third time that he's been called for a penalty in coverage. Hamer was trying to create a little bit of space. You wonder if there maybe is a push-off here and they're going to go against Hamer, but we'll see. Pass interference. Defense number 23, 15-yard penalty, first down. That'll mark it all the way up to the 33-yard line here into Platteville territory from left to right, goes Stout, after another pass interference penalty. And uh, for those who might be tuning in late here today, it has been a game riddled with penalties. After that one, it's going to be the 13th penalty called on Platteville in this one for 136 yards. Stout has nine penalties for 133 yards. You look at both teams. I mean, Stout comes in about six and a half, averaging about six and a half penalties per game, and Platteville only five and a half. It's just so out of character. As Hamer goes in motion, will not take the snap on the end around. Bogart and keeps it himself across the 25. He will go all the way down to the 20-yard line. Beautiful run there from Bogarting on the run pass option there on the end around to Hamer. He goes right up the middle for a gain of 12 to the 21, and it's a first down for Stout. 9.37 left to play. Getting the packages in here. Hamer going to come off the field. Looks like a big package here for Stout. You've got three tight ends out there. Rondorf, Smith, and Merdute. Carpenter is the back, and Gonzalez comes in as the receiver on the far side. Ball right in the middle of the hash at the 21. Gonzalez goes in motion this time. It's a handoff to Carpenter right side. Had a hole for a moment, but it got plugged up quickly. Clay Becker, the linebacker, got in the backfield to make the hit on him. And it looked like Huffsling was the man who finished him off. So Huffsling was able to make the uh, end tackle, but the hit from Becker stopped him in his tracks. He does get a yard up to the 20, at least second and nine. 29-26, Stout with the lead. You could r use to run some clock here. 8.50 left to play. As Bogarting is in the shotgun. He's got Hamer out wide right, the only receiver out there as well, that three tight end set. Bogarting takes the snap, looks for Hamer. Pump fake, now looking for the end zone. Throws this one deep and incomplete. And Again, they were waiting for the mark there for the move, and everybody was kind of aware that that was coming. Travis Classy, the defensive back, uh, did not bite on that pump fake from Bogarting as they have been earlier in the game. And now here comes the big receiver set for Stout on third and nine from the 20-yard line. Well, it's been a fun one. Back and forth uh, ball game here. Stout had the lead early, had all the, the good possession early, took a 14-0 lead. They had a 21-7 lead as well. But Platteville came all the way back. It was 21-20 at halftime, Stout led, and then saw Platteville get an early touchdown on the half. Now here comes the pressure, and there's been clear movement by the Stout offensive line, but it was induced by the defense. So we see it in the NFL now that they will call that on the defense. It clearly, Seidenberg came into the neutral zone, but I wonder if this is going against Stout. False start, offense, number 76, five-yard penalty. Second down. Yeah, Nagoski and Adams both moved, but it was because Seidenberg was in the neutral zone. And you see in the NFL now, they won't let you get away with that. As they'll back up four yards, make it third and 14 now at the 25-yard line. And Platteville scored a touchdown early in the third quarter after a Bogarting interception to make it 26-21. But Stout's got a touchdown back here early in the fourth. 29-26 now Stout lead after a two-point conversion as well. Third and 13 officially, Bogarting back to pass. He steps up in the pocket, slings it over the middle. It's bobbled and incomplete, should have been intercepted. He threw it behind Hamer, 
and it should have been intercepted downfield. Didn't see who got the hand on it there. Let's make sure we know and we get it correct. I want to say it's number 14 for Platteville. Cleveland Red. That yeah, was a defensive lineman who was back. So now Pearson is on to attempt the field goal here, trying to make it a 32-26 ball game. 8:29 left to play. This is a 42-yard attempt. Again, his long on the season's 51. He had one blocked earlier today. It's into the wind as well. Ball right in the middle of the hash. Zeke into snap. The spot. The hold is good. The kick is up. It is long enough, and it is through. 42-yarder from Drew Pearson makes it 32-26. Stout lead. 8:25 left to play. We're back in a minute on News. WMEQ. Back in at Williams Stadium, 825 left to play in the game. We got a good one today, 32-26, to out with the lead over Platteville. Again, the big news today is Eau Claire getting a win against formerly ranked UW Oshkosh, who's fallen off in the last couple weeks. They lost at Stevens Point, now lost at Eau Claire, and they are uh, down to 500 in the conference after winning the conference last season. So Oshkosh dropping off a bit. Stout gets them gets them next week on their senior day as Pearson gets ready to kick this one off. It's going to be short and taken at about the 18-yard line by Babick up to the 25. Now trying to move right side, find a hole, trying to get around the right edge. Finelli is after him at the 35. He shoves him out of bounds, and now there's some extracurriculars after the play. There's a flag on the play. Looked like it was during the return. Could be holding here on Platteville, or a block in the back. The flag is sitting at the Platteville 39-yard line. We'll see where they mark it off from, if it'll be from the end of the run, from the flag, from the spot where it was received. I believe it'll be from the spot of the foul as the officials get together here and talk about it, but I have to think this is going against Platteville. Does it look like it was a Either a block in the back or a hold out on that right edge. That's what happens a lot of times when you run laterally and you get some space around the right, around uh, one of the edges, is that somebody's holding to be able to open up that lane. And officials were all over it. Let's. There are two fouls both on the kicking team. We have offsides, 34. We also have a personal foul, number 40. And the personal foul will be accepted. The offsides will be in uh, declined. 15 okay. yards from the end of the run will be first down. So they're going to mark off 15 yards. Well, it's going to be first down for Platteville. They just said first down Stout, but uh, it'll be 15 yards from the end of the run against Stout. So a personal foul. So it was offsides on the kicking team and then a personal foul as well. So this is going to back, or this is going to uh, put Platteville pretty deep. Pretty far forward here, rather, into Stout territory. Not deep into their own territory, but certainly into Stout territory at the 46-yard line. So, boy, what looked like it was a hold or something like that. We heard personal foul, but we didn't hear what it was for. Again, I thought the flag was thrown during the play, so that's where I was kind of interested to see what exactly happened during the play. All right, we're ready to go. Uh, Brett Geis in the shotgun, one receiver right three to the left on the far hash. He'll hand it right off the middle to Studer. He's got a hole across the 40 and is taken down up to the 35-yard line. That's an 11-yard gain. It was Peterson who took him down, Logan Peterson, a sophomore linebacker, but not before he gets a first down up to the 35-yard line. So Platteville moving the ball, 8-11 left to play. This game not over by any means. Stout probably ruining that chance to get another touchdown on the board and only put up three. Remember, they had a blocked field goal as well, so this could be a two-possession game, but instead it's 32-26. Stout with the lead. Two receivers right, two left. 
Geist takes the snap, looks left the entire way, slings it out there. It's caught at the 31-yard line and moving up across the 30 to the 28-yard line is the receiver, That's Connor Federley. That'll be a gain of about Finelli. seven on the play. So second and three, Finelli was on the tackle. They're going to try to nickel and dime him here downfield as Platteville moves with the win from south to north here at Williams Stadium in the final game of the season here on the campus of UW-Stout. Stout trying to move above 500 on the season. Geis gives a handoff right up the middle to Studer, and he will get finally taken down by Wisecup, uh, but Jones not before Studer he's got carries. the first down out across the 25 to the 24-yard line on the game. They're opening up some nice lanes to run in are this offensive line, and running game has really not been something that they have uh, tried to establish in this game as Platteville. That will now put them just over the 100-yard mark on the ground today. First and 10 from the 24 on the near hash. Two receivers left, two right. Geis has Studer in the backfield. He'll go back to pass. Looks right, nothing there. He's going to step up in the pocket. Oh, might have been a holder on the left edge. Then he runs into the official and is taken down at the 15-yard line. Maybe the 16 is where they'll mark it. And it's a gain of nine. Looked like a hold up the middle there on the center, Brent Barant. On Afalabi right up the middle. He kind of grabbed him from behind, but they didn't get the call. It's a nine-yard gain. And a second and one coming up here for Platteville and probably should have been more because the umpire, Timothy Polson, got right in the way of that one on that quarterback keeper for Geis. Geis has run the ball pretty well today. Up over the 20-yard mark. And again, they go with that four receiver set, two left, two right. Suter is the back, five on the play clock. He'll take the snap and hand it off to Suter up the middle and he's hitting the backfield and stopped. Jason Dilly got him back at the 18-yard line, and now a flag coming in from the headlinesman as there was a pioneer who went flying, I guess you'd say after the play or shortly after the play, maybe in a little extra curriculars again. And I think this is going to go against Stout and be a personal foul on sportsman-like type of penalty. And that will give them an automatic first down. It's after the play, so I think they'll mark it off from where the run ended. Personal foul, number 49, unnecessary roughness. We have the distance to the goal for first down. That's a junior, Aaron Weinskup, and he has been the brunt of uh, some personal fouls the last two weeks. He's been, you know, hit, grabbed, everything else last week against Whitewater. In fact, there are four personal foul penalties against the Warhawks last week, and three of them uh, were guys who were uh, throwing Weinskup around after the play. And now he gets called for one this time. So now it is first and goal at the nine-yard line for Platteville on the near hash. Studer is going to go in motion. Then it's empty backfield for Geis. He looks right. Now he runs. He is across the 10-yard line and down near the six. Looked like he was going to get hit in the backfield, but got away from the initial rush there, and Wiltz was the man who brought him down at the six-yard line. So second and goal from the six here for Platteville. In fact, they'll mark it just inside the six-yard line. 32-26 to 26 stout, 5.45 left to play in the ball game. Platteville looking for a win against the Devils. After a big win last season that they had against them, kind of propelled Platteville's season forward. It killed some momentum that Stout had after beating St. Thomas. They had a long layoff in between games. They'll fake the handoff. Now rolling as Geis gets away from the pressure. He's going to run for the end zone, and he's in for the score. No flags on the field. It's a five-yard scramble. Stout sold out on the pressure, and Geis has been so elusive back there at the quarterback position. He was able to get away from it. Stout had no containment over on the far side. He rolled out and had an easy run to the end zone. We got a tie ball game, 32 all. Now the extra point unit is out. Who's going to take the kick here? It will be 
Michael Prattle, who, remember, missed one earlier today. And this becomes now an even more interesting extra point attempt. He pulled it wildly with no real pressure. It was a pretty decent snap and hold, too. Snap spot, kick up from Prattle. He pulled it again, I think. No, it went through, just through the near Michael side Prattle. upright and a one-point lead, 33-32 for Platteville over South. 524 left to play. We're back in a minute on your home for Blue Devils football. Now, welcome back in here to UW-Stout, Don Nona williams Stadium. 524 left to play. Platteville with the five-yard touchdown scamper from Brett Geis have given themselves a one-point lead here after the extra point was good. 33-32 over Stout, 524 left to play in the game. Stout back to return the kick. It will be both Gonzalez and Neatek back to return for Stout. The kickoff coming here from Platteville. Samuel Herkert will get it away. Again, a little bit with the wind here from the 35. He'll take the trot, and the kick is away toward Gonzalez. He will take it at the five. On the near, or on the far hash, excuse me, moving it to the near hash at the 20. Cuts it upfield and is taken down at the 24-yard line. He got no, off Gonzalez his feet there just a bit. And up to the 24. So about a 19-yard return for Gonzalez. And now Stout will hope to get the offense going one more time. You know, Platteville coming in here to play Stout. Stout has not beat them. Since 2010, it was a 28 to 23 victory over the Pioneers. They are on officially a seven game losing streak against Platteville. They've had a lot of really good players come in over those seven years, but Platteville down maybe a little bit this year than they have been in previous years past. But uh, now Stout is gonna really have to get going forward here with 519 left to play. It's a handoff to Carpenter, right side looking for a hole at the 25. There's nothing there, he got pushed backwards the entire defense. Ben Magalewski was the guy on top, but there were guys underneath as well. And he'll get it to the 20, just past the 25 to the 26. Give him two yards officially, second and eight here for the Devils. Platteville hoping to extend that to an eight-game winning streak against Stout. Can they lead the all-time series? About what We'll call about 14 games over 500 with all the ties as well. Two receivers left. Here comes Hamer in motion. He will get, fake the end around to him. Bogarting with the pump fake. Now he rolls to his left, looking to throw down fields. Got to get rid of it, and he does, and he'll throw it away. Oh, and then he gets slammed to the ground over on the far sideline by Clay Becker. Now, I'm telling you, in the NFL this year, that thing is a penalty because, you know, the whole weight rule, you can't land on a guy, and that's exactly what Becker did. He drove him into the ground and landed on him. But uh, that rule has not trickled down to the NCAA yet. So third and eight now here for Stout. 4.36 left to play at their own 26-yard line as they look to the sideline here and figure out the right play to get this thing downfield. The pressure has been the story for Platteville today. They have brought the pressure right up the middle, and they have looked good doing it. They got some backup guys in there as well. Jackson McMahon along with Cleveland Red, the defensive lineman. Bogarting back to pass, going to throw it down the near sideline for Seymour up, and it is caught at the 45. He's to the 40 and down at the... Platteville 38 yard line, no flags on the field. First down, Devils. A total of 36 yards on the play. They'll mark him at the 39 officially. Tyler Seymour gets a jump ball down the near sideline. And what concentration to go up on the defensive back, Drew Hoff, and make the catch. It'll be Fossum to split out wide left along with Hamer. He comes out of the game for a moment to Seymour. Two tight ends set. Bogarting. Awaiting the snap. It's a handoff. No, to Carpenter. He'll throw it over the middle for Hamer. He is hit as he almost made the catch incomplete. He got hit over the middle by Tyler Reinhardt, the free safety. It was a dangerous pass and not quite completed to Hamer. It was led him a little too far. He had to reach out a long ways to make that 
uh, reception and the hit that Reinhardt put on him jarred the ball loose. Makes it incomplete, second and 10. 4-11 left to play, second and 10 at the Platteville 39-yard line. Now it's into the win. This is certainly at the edge of Drew Pearson territory as they're down only one, 33-32. Here's a handoff to Hamer around the left edge, trying to run it up the 37-yard line, but not much more. Two yards on the end around from right to left. He went around that left side, and they'll give him two to the 37. So it's third and eight now here for Stout. And you, I think into the wind, you'd like to get it at least to the 30-yard line, I think, to be safe with Drew Pearson. But again, remember, he's had a field goal blocked already today. Stout has all three of their timeouts, 3.43 left to play in the clock running. Three receivers right, one left here for Stout. Carpenter is the back, Bogerting in the shotgun. 12 seconds left on the play clock, 33-32 Platteville. Snap taken by Bogerting. They'll bring four on the rush over toward Seymour. It is caught, caught at the 30-yard line. He's got the first down, too, as he moves it up to the 27. Great job. He caught it about a yard short of the first down marker on kind of a far side slant route in toward the near hash, and he was able to stay on his feet long enough to make the first down up to the 27-yard line on a gain of 10. Now easily you're in Pearson field goal range, but you'd like to punch it in for the touchdown here. You want to make sure Bogarting doesn't make any sort of bad throws at this point either. Don't want to play too conservatively, but... They certainly want him to make good throws in this situation. Hamer goes in motion right to left. They'll fake the end around. He'll run it up the middle with Bogarting across the 25, and he is all the way up to the 23-yard line. That's a gain of four on first down. And the clock continues to run with 2.50 left to play. In Platteville, I would think you'd have to start thinking about taking some timeouts here to potentially conserve some time for you to get the ball back because you're easily in field goal range for Pearson, who's made a 42-yarder already today as we've crossed the 4 o'clock hour on News Talk WMEQ AM880 Menominee, Translator W292EG 106.3 FM Eau Claire, and iHeartRadio Station. Second and six from the Platteville 23-yard line. Bogarting in the shotgun. Nate Merdude is lined up as a fullback to his left. It is Carpenter as the back. Hamer is the only receiver. It's a handoff right up the middle to Carpenter. He bounces off the pile and out across the 20-yard line to the 19. He's about two yards short of the line to gain. Boy, somebody got pushed right back into him there. I think it was Roble who was pushed back, and Carpenter almost tripped over his feet and then bounced away. And I was I was thinking maybe a no gain on the play, but, boy, he made something out of nothing, and now they marked him back to the 20-yard line. I thought they had him at the 19, but... Officials go back a yard to the 20, or just inside the 20. 148 left to play, and a third and three here for the Devils. If they get a first down, either way, I think Platteville's calling a timeout with what happens here. Once again, three yards to go. It is going to be a handoff to Carpenter right side. He's got the first down out to the 15-yard line, moving around the right side. Taken down by Eric Seidenberg, but not before he got the first down yardage to the five or to the 15-yard line, rather. And timeout is called by Platteville, as the clock had stopped to move the chains, but they'll take the timeout. It is their first timeout taken of the half. 132 left to play in the ball game, and Stout trailing by one, 33 to 32 to Platteville. What a game we have had here today! And Platteville was uh, stung early by the Devils. They were up 14 to nothing after the first two drives for Stout. They marched right down the field, but we saw Platteville put his touchdown on the board then an 83 yard touchdown catch and pass from Bogarting to Hamer made it 21 to 7 then you saw Platteville fight back in the second quarter really shut down the Devils 
on offense, and they were able to get it to 21-20 at the halftime whistle. Stout received the ball to start off the third quarter, but uh, after getting backed up after one first down conversion uh, and a third and 26, Sean Bogarding threw an interception that was returned to the Stout 25-yard line, and just a couple plays later, they were able to run it in to make it 27-21. Stout answered back, though, early in the fourth quarter to make it 29-26 uh, on a touchdown run from Rayshon Graham. Uh, then, Platt, uh, then they would add another field goal, make it 32 to 26. But Platteville scored a touchdown just a few minutes ago, got the extra point to take a one-point lead. 132 left to play here in the fourth quarter. Stout with a first down now at the 15-yard line of Platteville. Carpenter is the back. Bogarding takes the snap. It's a handoff to Carpenter right up the middle. He's got it across the 15 and falls up to near the 10-yard line. They've got him at the 11 officially. It's a four-yard gain. The clock runs. Platteville does not take a timeout here. They're going to let the clock run down, and I think they're going to put a little bit of faith in their special teams to get a block or to stop Pearson from kicking a field goal. It's a second and six now for Stout, and they're content to let the clock run down here too, even though they have all three timeouts. So 20 seconds on the play clock. You wonder where exactly they want them to take this snap. They may. Uh, you don't want to take a timeout here because you might need them in case something catastrophic happens. Hamer is the only receiver lined up to the right side. Under a minute left to play. Stout down one, but they've got it deep in Platteville territory. Hand off to Carpenter right up the middle. Bounces left side at the 10. He got a yard on the play, not much more. There's the timeout from Platteville with 45 seconds left to play. So now a third and five here at the 10-yard line. And Stout will need five yards to convert the first down. If not, Platteville will take a timeout and force Stout to try to kick the field goal. And you can see that that run, too, running left side, is trying to set up Pearson for a kind of right in the middle of the hash field goal attempt. Pearson was named early this season for the Fred Mitchell watch list for field goal kickers in Division Three. He had a heck of a sophomore season, making multiple field goals over 50 yards. 54 is his career long. His season long this season is 51 yards. He is one for two today, so nine of 16 on the season. He had a 42-yarder earlier today. Drew Pearson, coached by Clark Riedel, the former punter for UW-Stout, who has uh, gone to many an NFL punting camp as well. And it, it, they talk about it. It's all the mental game, the mental process that you go through. And Pearson certainly has a very strong mental capacity out there. So you know that he's getting geared up right now, and he's ready to kick this thing if he's needed. He's standing at about the uh, on the sideline at about the 43-yard line, loosening up, staying loose. Got a pat on the uh, posterior from Jason Dilly as he walks by. I am there. Third and five coming up here for Stout at the Platteville 10-yard line. And right now it would be about a 27-yard field goal attempt. Stout is down 33-32 to 32 with 45 seconds left to go in the ballgame. Carpenter is the back. Bogarting is the quarterback. It's the shotgun pistol formation. Oh, a hard count there. They almost got him to jump offside. Over the far side, that was David Landstrom there who almost jumped offside. They'll send Hamer in motion. And, again, no snap taken yet. Bogarting waits, and they're going to take a timeout. So Coach Birmingham's going to take a timeout. That's a risky play. It's putting confidence in Drew Pearson for sure, but you take a timeout now, and for some reason you miss. Now you don't have enough timeouts to stop the clock if, if and when Platteville gets the ball back. So, again, you're still assuming and thinking here that uh, you're going to have a, a short field goal attempt for Pearson. But in the same vein, you uh, aren't putting any insurance out there. There's nothing backing you up. You're putting all your eggs in that basket, if you will. 
Well, the stats, as you might assume, in a 33-32 ball game, the Platteville leads with 45 seconds left. They're pretty darn even. 404 yards of total offense for Stout, 410 for Platteville. Stout's offense has come mainly through the air, Bogarting with a 300-yard passing game here today. 330 yards officially with two touchdowns and an interception. So he has uh, looked very, very nice here for Stout today. In fact, for Bogarding, this is his high career high for pass yards in a game. His previous high was 315 yards against the cross earlier this year. So this has set a career high for him for passing yards in a game. But this should be a rush, you'd have to think. And they're going to want to have Carpenter probably run this one right up the middle, try to set him up for a uh, shot right up the middle as they will fake the end around. Bogarting will run it right up the middle. He's got first down to the five and up to the three-yard line. To the three, there is going to be a stoppage of the clock to move the chains, and, of course, they'll just set them down. So Stout will likely run this clock down, and the question is how much do you do it, and do you put the ball in the middle of the hash marks for Pearson and basically have him attempt an extra point to try to win the game? Now, of course, it would be three points. As the clock runs here, there's about a 10-second differential between play and game clock after they started the clock up. So Bogarting is uh, talking to his team here. Now, if you're Platteville, you might just let them run in if they run the play here. You might just give them the end zone so you can get the ball back. Hamer goes in motion. It's a low snap. Bogarting keeps it himself. He moves forward right to the middle of the hash at about the two-yard line. There's Bogarting one timeout left for Platteville. Nine, eight, seven, and timeout is called. And who was the one who called it here? Let's see. If it was Platteville or Stout. Yeah, Stout did take it with seven seconds left to go. So with two seconds left, the, the nice thing about taking it with seven seconds left to go is if you have a bad snap, you can fall on it and then retake the field goal. You don't have to necessarily kick it. The ball is just off center to the right side. It, the wind that is there, about eh, five to ten miles an hour, it is blowing into the face of Drew Pearson. But this is certainly within his realm and within his range. It should be like an extra point. We'll see where they set it up but it's likely going to be about a 20-21 yard field goal when they uh, set up the formation. Pearson is warming up on the sideline. With one timeout left for Platteville as well, you wouldn't be surprised if they try to burn one to ice the kicker and to ice Pearson as well. How about on senior day? This senior kicker who's been one of the greatest kickers in Stout history sends off this senior class with a win against a tough Platteville team for the first time since 2010. Wouldn't be a bad situation or setup at all. Getting to some mind games here too. Platteville, you'd likely think that they'll take a timeout to ice him, but they might not and try to let him go ahead and kick and see if he's actually ready to go. And interestingly enough, Bogarting is going to come out. There is one timeout left for, for Stout. So it looks like they're going to try to set this up and put the ball, you know, near the middle of the hash here. This is an interesting call with seven seconds left. I'm surprised that Pearson isn't out there right now. It is going to be a handoff up the middle to Carpenter. He's toward the end zone. Touchdown! Four seconds left to go. Stout takes a 38-33 lead over the Pioneers. What the heck? Why, why would you catch, kick a field goal? Take the touchdown with four seconds left to play. I think it caught Platteville a little bit by surprise. You know, Pearson was out on the field warming up as if to take the field goal, and I think they had the field goal unit out, and then all of a sudden Bogarting, who you know is the holder, went out and he was able to uh, take the snap and the handoff to Carpenter right up the middle for the touchdown. Six touchdowns for him on the season, and Stout takes a 38-33 lead. they got to run the play here. They're going to try to go for two, four, three, two on the play clock, and 
Birmingham's going to take a timeout. It's the final timeout that they have, and they want to talk over the two-point conversion attempt because there was some confusion as to whether Stout was going to go for it or not. Boy, a little bit of ch cheekiness here. They uh, do a nice job to Stout kind of making Platteville guess. They made me guess up in the booth, and Carpenter with the touchdown run. Again, for his sixth of the season, he's going to be at the 52-yard mark in this game with one touchdown. This afternoon, Claire defeated Oshkosh. How about that call there? Uh, not often that you hear a cheer for Eau Claire here at Menominee, but that it was. The Stout fans all up on their feet there cheering for the Blue Goats. How about that? Okay, we'll keep the power in the uh, western part of the state. I like that idea. Four seconds left to play here again. Two-point conversion coming up for Stout. 38-33. to Stout with the lead. Platteville likely not to take the timeout here that they have. And it is going to be that three tight end set once again for Stout. Carpenter is the back in the pistol, Bogarting the quarterback. Nate Merdute, one of the uh, tight ends, lined up as a fullback right side. They're going to send Hamer in motion. It is a handoff to Carpenter up the middle. He doesn't have it. He got hit in the backfield there and dropped by Clay Becker. So it's a five-point lead, 35, 38 rather to 33 over Platteville. Let's take 30 seconds, come back, and get ready for the final kickoff here, potentially of the game for Stout right after this on News Talk WMEQ. A three-yard touchdown run from Keyshawn Carpenter. Keys to Stout come back. They lead 38 to 33 with four seconds left to play in the ballgame. The two-point conversion was no good. And now Stout needs to kick it off and hope that uh, no kind of returns or bad things happen here on the kickoff. We'll see if Platteville tries to take a knee and get the offense out there or if they try to return it. Now they've got Studer and Babic, their two running backs, speedy running backs, back to return this here for the Pioneers. I believe it is uh, Studer back there. It looks like Babic for sure. Who's the other pioneer I see out there? Evan Gates looks like the other man, the freshman from Lancaster, Wisconsin. Might be one of their speedier guys. So we'll see uh, how exactly Stout and Platteville want to play it here. Stout looking for their first win against Platteville since 2010. They thought about kicking the field goal there, but Carpenter ran it in. They had an extra timeout with seven seconds left, ran it right in. Here comes the kickoff from Pearson. It is going to be a little high pop-up there down the near side. Fair catch is called for at the 23-yard line. And remember, by rule now in the NCAA, they'll move it to the 25. So the ball will Bo come Babich. out to the 25-yard line by Bo Babic on the uh, fair catch. No time runs off the clock. And so one timeout for Platteville, but with four seconds, there's only time to run one play. So Stout going to get the defense ready. They do not have any timeouts left, so no chance to adjust here. Going to send a lot of defensive backs back, I'm sure. You look for a hook and ladder screen, that type of thing here. It's too deep to, to throw. I'm sure Geis does not have a 75-yard pass in the uh, the old uh, tool belt. And Stout's defense is going to break the huddle here and get ready. Levi Wolf is going to go play way deep here. And they're still awaiting the uh, play clock to start, and it did. And now there's a penalty on the play. Stout was late breaking the huddle. Geis is back, and he is dropped back at the 21. But hold on, everybody. Hold on. There are players running all over the field here. I don't think Stout had enough guys off the field. This should be the end of the game. Geis is also down injured as well. The tackle and the sack came from Dylan Peterson, but again, they were late breaking the huddle, and nobody told the defense that the play clock had started, and you saw that Platteville was up at the line ready to take the snap. So I think it's too many men on the field, something like that. 
or illegal substitution, something along those lines. Geis is being helped up right now, and he's going to be carried off the field. Who's the man warming up? That's the real question. Colin Schutz should be the guy, second on the depth chart, but it looks like it'll be Caleb Hansen, the other quarterback we were mentioning before, who might come into this game. And, yeah, Caleb Hansen is going to come in on what likely is going to be the last play, and it should be an untimed down. No time left. All the officials have gotten together, all but one. <laughs> Somebody's being left out of the conversation. I think it's the side judge. He's just hanging out back over near the Platteville 40-yard line. It was the field judge who threw it, and he was into the huddle telling Stout, hey, hey, the game clock, or the play clock, rather, is started. You guys need to get out there and take the formation. Let's hear the call. Follows on Stout for having coaches on the field during the play. This is a live ball foul treated as a dead ball foul, so there will be no untimed down. The game is over. Wow. Okay, a live ball foul treated as a dead ball foul, and the game is over. So let's go deep into the rule book. Well, that makes it about as anticlimactic as you get, but hey, let's call it. Stout wins here at Williams Stadium, 38-33 to over Platteville in one of the weirder endings you're ever going to see to a game. Mike Emmendorfer is still getting an explanation from the officials. I'm sure this is kind of deep in the rule book here. A dead ball is a live ball. Well, who the heck knows what that means, but uh, I guess I'll have to get out my NCAA rule book and read it. We'll talk to Coach Birmingham after the game. Maybe he's heard of that rule as well. What a game. Stout wins at 38-33 to and send the seniors off right here today on a big win against this Platteville Pioneer team. The first time Stout has beat Platteville since 2010. We'll take a break. The Bob and Steve's BP Amico Shops postgame show is coming up right after this on your home for Blue Devils football. <laughs> 